from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka. This week in Nintendo Main, I've beat three games that I want to talk about, and we have John Wedgworth here to talk to us about Quake and all other things Nintendo. I spent this week camping, gathering rocks, and stealing cars. camping there little r and r <laughs> welcome to nintendo main podcast episode 287 your place to hear nintendo fans talk about games that they've been beating and hype getting hyped up for other games that are coming out and news and such and this week uh our our host john the other john is uh not here because he's uh moving at the moment so he is internetless i believe is what is what's going on so we have no way of communicating with him so he's not here but to replace him, we have our other John. John. I kind of think John's on some kind of mission, but he's not re- allowed to reveal it. So he's moving, quote unquote. <laughs> you think he's actually like uh, assassinating somebody? I, saw I mean, sp- we take we take this podcast pretty seriously. And a lot of times we can't talk about, even with each other, what we're doing for it. So <laughs> I, saw we'll that was, I saw that he was playing Hitman 3. So he, he did have some sort of internet. But that was yesterday, so I don't know. It's it sounds I, like practice to me. Yeah. But uh, John John Wedgworth is here. Oh, yeah, and I guess we could introduce ourselves as well before before we get to talking about John. But we are your hosts. I'm Trey Hipster Pubes Johnson. I'm Jeremy Billy Bob Hopper Mikowski. And our special guest this week is a saint nicknamed Optional John, also known as Great Value John. <laughs> great value are you a store convenience store no no i'm just filling in for the john that everyone knows and loves they know you as well oh okay yeah they know you they know me and they love me you're right yes you're right. we love you it's nice to have you again it's been it's been a minute since since you've been here so it's been what about six months something like that i think well, when did when did we talked to you last time i don't remember it was when we were talking about uh i think you were in the process of moving right because you were showing no. us all your sega stuff that you had in boxes well, no, we. Had, I think. I think we. No, we were definitely in this house by then. But uh, I know we were talking about uh, different renditions of the or different versions of the Sega Genesis sound hardware. And I did that thing where I had the Sega up against my ears, like yeah. that's a that was a good thumbnail. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. like. Uh, I thought it was, you were in between houses or something like that, or you had to like because you were talking about how you had to go to one or another or something like that. I thought, but mm, perhaps I don't know. It's long enough ago that. But yeah, it was it was whenever. Could be boring episodes as well. <laughs> yeah, it was whenever. But how? But how have you been? How's uh? How's everything treating you? Um. Well, pretty good. I. I mean, you know, I'm becoming more and more of a hermit during the pandemic. I think that's the case for a lot of us. Um. But, you know, I, I stay home as much as I can. But home is, you know, kind of like a paradise. You know, I've got 
I've got my family, I've got my toys, you know, so mm-hmm. it's pretty good here under the roof. Yeah. I mean, I, I staying home is fun. I mean, that's what, uh, I mean, we don't really I go agree. anywhere. I mean, well, I guess that's not true. I did, I, I did actually do, I did actually do the most, uh, going out that I've done last week. So that was pretty ridiculous. I went to, uh, I mentioned it last week, but I went, I went to three wrestling events last week, <laughs> which were, and Sunday was like packed with a million people. So it was kind of like, yeah, it was, it was a little bit, it was the first time I've actually done like a thing with, with, life. with, pe- with people. Like it was weird. It was a weird, it was a weird experience. It actually kind of reminded me a lot of Riot Fest. It was basically like my Riot Fest, I guess, for this year. Cause it was three days and the last day was the day where everybody was there, which is the same as riot fest, you know, where Sunday mm-hmm. is always the day that everybody's there. And this one Sunday was crazy. I'm sure anybody who cares about wrestling whatsoever has been talking about it. The, the pay-per-view that I was at on Sunday. Cause oh, yeah, of, I was trending on Twitter. I know people are finally realizing that AEW is the best wrestling there is. Took them long enough, but they finally figured it out. So <laughs> was there a, uh, did you just have to show your, that you were vaxxed or that you had, a test or something like that? Uh, no, there was no vaccination thing. It was just oh, okay. uh, it was just mask requirement. That was all it was. Oh, okay. Was that you had to have a mask to get in to the place, but you didn't necessarily have to wear the mask while you were in there. Right. But once you, you walk through that yeah. gate, you're pretty good to go. But you did you did have to have one to enter the arena. But thankfully the people that sat next to me on Sunday at least were all wearing masks. And like Friday and Wednesday weren't completely sold out, so there was a lot of empty empty seats. But Sunday there was not. Sunday was sold out completely. So mm-hmm. there were there were no. Did no you have a? Anywhere. Did it work like you had a seat that was assigned to you, so you at least you knew you were going to have somewhere to to park? Uh, well, I mean, not parking because uh, actually, well, park- <laughs> I, I meant like park your butt because yeah. I I went to a a music festival this weekend was my camping thing I did, and you had to have proof of vaccination or a test from two to like 72 hours at the most before. Oh, they, like they want a PCR test too. Well, not also one or the other. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I, well, I mean, one of the last, I mean, this is pretty much all the work that I've been doing lately involves like a uh, test, you know, uh, like this last job that I did on Monday, they wanted a PCR for me to, so I basically had to get a COVID test on Friday and send them the results on Monday. Which, uh, thankfully, I was actually picking up a check from another job, and they normally check your. They never get. They normally give you a COVID test anyway, even if you're there just for a check. So I was able to get them to send my results to the other job and get that taken care of instead of me going somewhere else to do it. But yeah, no, this 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 there was no like vaccination thing. It was just like bring a mask, you know. Mm-hmm. And the people, like I said, the people that sat next to me, they were all wearing masks. And uh, basically, there was when the when the tickets went on sale, there was a deal where you could buy all three events at once, and it was cheaper to buy all three of them. And that's what I ended up doing. So all of my seats were in the same spot for each of them. And oh, the, nice. and the two people that sat next to me also did the same thing. So we kind of became friends because we were all because we all sat next to each other for three days. So it kind of became a thing where we were just. I mean, yeah, we were all in the same spot. So it was like so we so we talked to each other. So that was kind of cool. That has a tendency to happen. You know, you get stuck in a spot together and you become like this. I remember uh, when I was in line waiting to buy the switch, it was me and a bunch of strangers out in West Des Moines, out in front of a Best Buy in 20 degree blustery weather. Didn't know each other from Adam, but like we were for that night only a brotherhood. Yeah. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've had that mm-hmm. happen many times waiting in line for stuff. And that's what's, uh, that's, what's cool about these sort of things. It's like going to like Midwest gaming classic or like anything like that. Like if it's like a, if it's a thing that people are really into, you don't really need to like, you don't need to go with anybody because everybody there, you all watch the same thing. So you have plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it's very, pretty easy to make friends with people. It's stuff like this. That's why I uh, decided that I was not going to bother buying another ticket because, you know, it's just like, I'll just buy one ticket. I'll just go by myself. You know, it's fine. I can, you know, I know I, everybody's there for AW. I mean, I know it's pretty easy for me to talk to them about stuff if I need to or not, whatever, you know? So yeah, it's like you, yeah, like you were saying, like if you're in a situation, you're all there for a certain thing. You have plenty, you have something in common already because you're all there for that thing. So, and you have stuff to talk about because you're watching. You know, you're watching wrestling and you watch it normally. So, you know, all the characters and stuff like that. So well, I saw there was like three different Twitter people I know, including you, that were all there. So, oh, yeah. I, uh, are you talking about like um, Henry, of course, and then uh, Caitlin was there. Yeah, yeah. She was there, too. I saw that. And her her sign made it on to the pay-per-view, which mine did not. Because nice. I was actually I did want to talk about my experience with signs, which uh, with uh, wrestling signs, which is something I kind of figured anyway. But the uh the spot that i was in was not was like by the entrance i'm like it was actually pretty much the same seats that i had when i went there with kevin like the very first time i went to a an AEW event like way back in november of 2019 but uh it's it's basically it was kind of high up well not that high up there's there's basically the floor seats and then there's the seats above the floor and then there's like the bleacher seats and i was in the seats above the floor so they're not bad seats but if you want to get on camera you basically should have floor seats or you should have seats in the middle by the ring and all that stuff. So I decided, I was like, well, if I ever go to one, I mean, I'm sure I'll go to one of these again, but next time I'm going to try to buy floor seats so that I can, so that I can get my sign in there. But I did make, I made a sign just for the fun of it that said, uh, that said ease eight is better than breath of the wild. I made a sign that said that (laughs) and it didn't, (laughs) it didn't make it in, but I wish it did because it was funny. But uh, I did see, um, and then my, and I, I made two signs. I made a sign for a rampage and I made a sign for dynamite. Dynamite was the first night. And the first night was Ease 8 is, is better than Breath of the Wild. And uh, Rampage was Friday night. And uh, the the Rampage one, I made a sign that said, AW game when? Is what I, is what I made a sign. Because, you know, everybody wants to know when the AW console game is coming out. Because it's highly anticipated and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And uh, it didn't make it in. But my shirt is in the is on it. If you watch the show... At hour 52, or not hour 52, that'd be a lot of hours. Uh, <laughs> 52 seconds right at the beginning of it, you can see I'm in the left corner of the of it. You can see my shirt. It's like just what shirt my, is it? It's just this. It's a it's an AEW shirt. It's a it's my uh, Jurassic Express shirt. Okay. But you can see it, and you can see the guy who is sitting next to me. This is my friend. Like you can see like half of his body. So I nice. told I told them I was like, yeah, we're on the we're at the very beginning at, at second 52 of Rampage. So. <laughs> So watch it, you'll see us. And I was like the other guy on the other side. I was like, "Sorry, dude, you're not in it." But half his body's in there, and I'm in it. And these guys, in front. it's because the it's it's basically because the people in front of us made made like a specific sign for one of the wrestlers. And if you make a really nice sign, then there's a good chance you'll be on TV. So since they made a sign in front of us, we were just on there because we were behind them. You know, so you should have got some googly eyes or something. I should have made it's a really. A I should have made a crazy. I mean, you need to make a specific, like a wrestler specific sign that looks nice. And then they'll show you at the beginning. Cause they had big, like they made big letters. that said DMD for a, 
for Dr. Britt Baker and all that stuff. So see, I would just totally, my sense of humor is so subversive that I would be the guy that's holding a sign that just says sign. Mm. I saw one sign that I thought was pretty funny, which I should have taken a picture of. There was a sign that said, uh, it said, wear a mask, get vaccinated and uh, make a remastered version of Kirby's <laughs> dream course is what it said. The, the okay. golf, the golfing game. So somebody, wow. <laughs> so that was kind of a reach. I thought that was it's a very specific desire on their part. There was, a, I saw another sign that said Mario Golf is the best RPG ever. Like that was another one that I, that I saw, like Mario Golf at Game Boy Advance, like a, you know, Advance Tour. Which is, that's definitely not true. <laughs> is it? But the, I saw that. Uh, I think the one that Caitlin had that made it on was uh, was a Su- Sui Coden's better than Final Fantasy VII. That was what I saw. Mm. There was a kid actually in the front row at Rampage that was dressed like Ness, like with the striped shirt and a hat. Who had a who had a sign that said "Localized Mother 3. in the in the very front <laughs> row? This kid that was probably like seven years old or something who looked exactly like Ness had a had a fucking Mother Three sign. So I was like, I'm sure that was his idea. I was like, well, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But it was like, yeah, you could like right in the front row, like dressed dressed in the Ness outfit also. So it's like, okay. So yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of video game stuff there, from what I saw. But cool. I need to get need to get on the floor to, to get that kind of stuff, but not to get too. I mean, you know, you heard about it. There's like four people, I guess, that were added to AEW. Like most of them, biggest one being CM Punk, which I was. I didn't watch wrestling when CM Punk became popular, so it didn't really matter that much to me because I've been out of wrestling for like the past twenty years. But people really like CM Punk, and he's from Chicago, so obviously he got a huge he got huge applause and all that stuff every time he came out and. By the end of this, I was kind of a little tired of him because he was always out there. <laughs> not, not that I have anything against him. He was just, I was just, he's just always. That's they're really just, you know, really riding that line there. That that you know everybody likes CM Punk, so they put him in everything. So it's just after a while, it's just kind of like, well, it's like him again. You know, he's he's been here, like he's done a bunch of shit over and over again. But Sunday was was awesome. The pay per view was great. That was the best day out of all of them because all the other days they do, uh, they do like a YouTube show, like in between. So those the YouTube show stuff is like never really there are no stakes like none of none of the matches mean anything. A lot of them are like people you've never heard of, like jobbers as they would call them. You know, people who just come out there and lose. So those matches are kind of boring. And Friday night it was because Rampage is only an hour long, and it's like a and it's mostly like four or five hours of wrestling. It's like an hour of actual good wrestling for the for the Friday night show, and the rest is kind of throwaway YouTube stuff. So. I did kind of get a little tired of the YouTube stuff towards the end, just because it's like it's like this. I mean, you know, it's just you don't care. It's not it's the the matches don't really mean anything. You know, it's like whatever. It's like here's these it's, guys that you like versus Bill and Bill and Bob who've you've never seen before, and you know they're not going to win. You know, it, it reminds me of the old like uh, of the old '80s uh, WWF uh, TV wrestling shows. If you ever watched those when you were a kid, where they were basically you know there were no matches. It was like Hulk Hogan versus john thompson or something like that and it was never you know it was, it was never anybody you knew of it was just somebody just there to lose in like a two-minute match and that's what, what a lot of these were so it's just to build up the wrestler that's already so um my wrestling fandom was very short-lived i i i, I became a wrestling fan and when i was 16 and i had not turned 17 yet before i fell back out of it um but during that time um we've had a lot of wwe wwf back then events come through des moines and there was a wwf raw at a at a uh i just blanked on the name of the place dang it uh one of the big 
Coliseums downtown. And, and uh, I was there for that. And it, I remember it was, it was mostly just small ticket stuff. I mean, we had the big matches, you know, the stuff that actually made it to the TV, but that was not most of the time we were there, you know? So my brother went to one and you were talking about getting seen on TV. I'll, I'm not going to try to find it while we're on the, on the program here, but I'll find the picture of it. There was a, like, he was like smack dab in the middle of the camera, making the most ridiculous face into the <laughs> camera. It's awesome. Well, there was a, there wasn't a wrestling event that I went to in the late nineties, the WCW event. It was WCW thunder and it was in Peoria and I am on, and I was on camera for that. There were two episodes that they shot early and I was on the, I was like right on the aisle where the wrestlers come out. And mm-hmm. I had some sort of weird signs, like talking about whatever story was going on at the time. And one of the wrestlers like gave me a really weird look from the sign, and that was all on camera because you know they follow him down the line, and I was right on there, so I did get on TV a couple times, like in probably like '99, I think 1999. So yeah, but that what was, were you but, wearing? What was oh, I wearing? Probably wear wrestling clothes. I have no idea what I was wearing then, but I know that I was on camera because I saw it, and it was funny because it didn't come out until like a month later. Because they they rec- they recorded their stuff like way ahead of time, you know, and then I was like, oh wait, hey, there's that one that I was at that I, you know, that they said was thunder, and now it is, you know, everything. Do you I- have it? Do I have the the episode? No. The tape? Yeah. No, I don't. I, I saw it on TV. It was in the it was in the lounge at LCC. You know, <laughs> it was on. I watched. I was watching it live on TV, so I never recorded it. Or, I mean, I I would not even be able to find it because there's probably a million different thunder episodes or whatever. But. But these, but these ones, they they were live. You know, the YouTube ones weren't live, but the ones, the regular TV ones, were live. Whatever. But regardless, it was fun. The pay per view was great. Uh, everybody was really into it. I bought a bunch of stuff. I bought some shirts. The one thing I did think was pretty crazy is they were selling toys. They were selling wrestling toys there for a hundred dollars each per like action oh. figure. That's about like, you know, they're kind of bigger than most action figure sizes, I guess. But I was. I was like, oh, they got toys here. I haven't seen any of these toys. Then I looked at the price. I was like $100 each. I'm like, what the fuck? That's ridiculous. So are they like limited edition or whatever? Like, I guess they're hard to find is what, I, is what I heard. Is They're hard to find in regular stores. So the ones that they were selling there. I mean, everything everything that you buy at the event is a little bit higher than it would be like from ordering mm-hmm. it online, you know, just because it's the event. And there's also, you know, the shirts that I bought are ones you can only buy at the event, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I got them. You can't get them online, all that stuff. But anyway, that's enough about that. It was fun. Uh, I had a good time watching wrestling and stuff. And it was weird. It was really weird to be out in the public. And the pay-per-view, one, the pay-per-view was so fucking packed that they ended up like leading... They lead it, They like led our car away to like some parking lot that was not even part of the arena. <laughs> it was just somebody's wow. side parking, and we didn't even have to pay for it because it was so full. And I had to wait. I waited in line for like an hour to find a parking. It was ridiculous on Sunday. It was so stupid. But all the other days were better. But video game stuff. Uh, <laughs> John, what have you been playing? This uh, this the uh, part of our show where we talk about the games that we've bought and games that we've been playing. So I actually have quite a few updates here. I um I now have both an Xbox Series X and a PS5. Oh wow! What? Wow. Okay. Yes, I, I was unaware yeah. of this actually. I guess well, you didn't, so maybe I got, you didn't show it, or maybe I didn't see it. If you did post it, I I don't think I post. I don't know if I posted it or not. But I um back in March I was I, I was trying to get both systems. I was able to secure a Series X, the PS5. I just struck out after strikeout after strikeout after strikeout, uh, and then. And then uh, one random day, um, maybe two months ago, I got it. 
And that same day, it was the same, it was actually the same day they uh, opened up the Switch OLED for pre-order because I pre-ordered that on the same day. And not because I'm super duper excited about the OLED. Uh, oh, yeah, I was, I was gonna mention, yeah, I was going to mention that too, or hope that we talk about it. Because yeah, you did a... Uh... You went. You went and did the. You went and did the presale for the, for the OLED. Well, it's it's yes, uh, only because my my launch day switch is so creaky and worn from overuse that it's not going to last much longer. I want to I want to put it to pasture while it's still alive. Sure. And um, I had been waiting out the Switch Pro, but you know we know how that went. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and having <laughs> just spent months and months and months. Uh, going through hell to get a PS5. I didn't want to go through that again. So I, especially for some, God, especially for something that's so unexciting, you know? Uh, so I went ahead and took the plunge. I, I'm a, I, I pre-ordered the OLED. I also, uh, you guys are familiar with the Steam Deck, I trust. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get that too? Okay. Well, so it's not a pre-order like with the Switch OLED where you pay the whole thing up front. You, uh, you pay $5 to reserve yep. it and then you're at the front of the line. Yeah, but yes, that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, I did reserve this, the uh, steam deck and frankly, I know this is pretty non Nintendo of me, but I'm actually way more excited about the steam deck than I am about the OLED. Oh, well, it's I uh, mean, I mean, Linux it's, based, right? I mean, it is a new, I mean, it's a new piece of technology that didn't exist. That doesn't exist. You know, it's basically the switch for PC gaming and yes, it is Linux. And you Which know, you've course, talked about liking Linux a lot. Well, uh, that, that was the, that was the final big, big piece of uh, news is my gaming PC is mm-hmm. now uh, gaming on Linux. And that was kind of the final frontier for me. I, I, um, I started dabbling. I tried it once a decade ago and twi- you know, and et cetera, but I started dabbling with it in like 2018 or so by early 2020, it was my primary desktop OS by mid 2020. I was doing the podcast on it. And really, so really the only final, the final frontier for me, the only thing I hadn't done so far is, is game on it. And and now I've done that, you know, it's like, it sounds silly to say this, but even just being able to say the sentence, I played Doom Eternal in Linux is just so cool to me. So didn't think it was I played possible. it on a pregnancy test. <laughs> no, I didn't. Not not, do- <laughs> not Doom Eternal, I don't think. <laughs> on a pregnancy no, test. No. <laughs> How you can play Doom on like anything now. That's uh, that oh, people yeah. hack it to put it on whatever. Yes. Yes. There's nothing quite like playing Doom on your smart fridge. <laughs> but, but yeah, anyway, so I'm very excited about the Steam Deck for because the reason the switch was my number one system is because it was so easy to play docked undocked i didn't have to wait to get home i you know i i could play it anywhere and the steam deck kind of has that same promise but for pc games and being a big linux fan i'm really excited to see what this thing could do to kind of push gaming on linux around or along you know kind of get it even further along than it is um and you know what's interesting the architecture is totally different but in terms of its raw power like its teraflops the the irony is it's basically identical to what the supposed Switch Pro would have been power wise. But what the what the uh, idea that people had, right? What they were floating around. I mean, it was mm-hmm. never an actual uh, concrete the, the thing or anything like that. But what oh, people no, what people would hope for. for yeah, the, that's why I say the alleged Switch Pro because it, it's vaporware in the extreme. But um, yeah, so. So there's that. So as far as as far as my my systems and my gaming, that's the big story. As far as what I've been playing, well, I I got a long ways into Metopia on Switch. I'll start with the Nintendo stuff. I I got a long ways into Metopia on Switch. I'm just before the Dark Lord ba- final battle. Um, and my Dark Lord, by the way, was Bob Ross, the darkest. The darkest. <laughs> that seems of appropriate. Lords. There, I mean, there is yes. apparently there is a new documentary uh-huh. out where he's like not a nice person, which I guess people don't like that, but I haven't seen it yet. But there's some controversy about that. I know the gist of the story. Uh, he 
it's he's he's not the main bad guy in the story but he is not the squeaky clean guy that we like to think he is so yeah i know the gist of the story but anyway uh so i'm i I stop at the Bob Ross battle so that it's something I could do with my family. Cause you know, all three of my family members are part of the main party and all that stuff. <laughs> I played through quake. I played through both the PC version of quake on switch and quake 64 on switch. I do want to talk about quake for a while. Cause we all, uh, we, we all have stuff to say about quake. Uh, Jeremy and I do as well. So kind of like when our, when we all have a game to talk about, I always kind of pause on that for a second. So you, so you, so you played through the 64 thing, right? So you played played through that really weird uh, how that how they have it all kind of look really bad like with the Vaseline smeared on it or whatever. Like you played all the way through that mode on there, the 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 um, fan mod or whatever you would call it. I actually just beat it today. Yeah, um, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I just kind of so, just turned it on to see what it looked like, and I was like, ah, oh, that's hilarious. I can't play like this. And then I and then I just shut it off and went to the other. You know. Well, so the the, the analogy that I can't escape. Is um, I played all the way through Doom Eternal on Switch, and then and then I played all the way through Doom Eternal on the Xbox Series X, and um, going back and forth between the PC remaster Quake and the N64 remaster Quake felt very much like Doom Eternal on Switch versus Doom Eternal on Xbox Series X. Oh uh, yeah, no, I, I can I can see that for sure. Well, because because uh, what I saw of like Doom Eternal, and it's kind of like uh, Apex Legends was kind of like this too where everything kind of looks like it's made out of clay almost. And it's not like, you know, cause the textures aren't like as sharp as it would be on, uh, on other systems. That's kind of the impression that I got from what I saw from like a quake eternals. It kind of looks like it's made out of clay is into like the texture looks like softer and it's not like, you know, it's a little fuzzy around. Like that's kind of what it makes me think of. What, what I will say is if, if you play the switch version of doom eternal first, it looks fine. It looks great. Well, sure. Yeah. If you and, don't play the other one and then you go play the other one, it feels like a huge upgrade. But if you were to start on a more powerful system and then go to the switch, then it would look really bad. Uh, and cause you know, I, after I played it on Xbox series X, just for yucks, I went back and tried it again on the switch just to see how it compared. And it was uh, significantly diminished. <laughs> we'll just put it that I've way. only played, I've only played eternal on PS4. Okay. It's, it's the way, it's the way that I played it. And I never, I never beat it, but I played it. That's how I played it. Uh, it was on sale for like, it was a Christmas sale thing, but I mean, from what I saw, and and I I played through all of Doom, the original Doom twenty sixteen, on Switch, and you know I didn't care. I don't. I mean, I really don't care what the games look like. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to sound like a graphics snob because I'm not. I'm just saying that it kind of looked like it was made out of clay, which is fine. Mm. I mean, I really liked uh, that Kirby game that looked like clay, so it doesn't it doesn't bother me. <laughs> you know, Clay Fighter, the, the Rainbow Curse, yeah, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, oh yeah, and, and Clay Fighter and. And that other, there's that Claymates game also, which is on mm. Super Nintendo now. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Quake. Uh, so, so did you beat? Did you beat the regular campaign then on the, uh, on the game aside from the '64 one? Well, so I played through the now, and unless I sound cooler than I am, I played it on easy difficulty setting. So, <laughs> a badass I am not. But um, <laughs> yeah, I played it all the way through the on I, I, the. Quake remaster, unless I specify otherwise, I mean the PC Quake. And sure. uh, so I played all the way through that and I beat it. And then I started over again right away on the N64 and then beat that. You know, you know, I, uh, I never, this, this is show how, show how much I know about actual Quake is I did not know that the, the Quake 64 was different than PC Quake until this game came out actually, <laughs> because I only played Quake on 64. This was the only way that, the only way that I played it was on my, uh, 
was on my uh i have the cart you know i have, I have quake one and two like both of them on 64 yeah i have quake two but not quake one i was and i knew how much different quake two 64 was versus pc quake two and so i assumed the same thing about quake uh, 64 and actually the n64 quake is much much more faithful to the to the pc version than i was expecting the graphics take a huge hit i mean you know they're sure they're yeah. so low i mean it's quake running in nes resolution literally nes resolution uh and and so it's real smeary and all that stuff it, now they bring in the colored lighting that's cool the pc version didn't have that so the ambient lighting is actually better on the n64 but the textures and everything is are so low res that you know you can't tell what's happening too too far away right it's just so low res but um there were some different there were some differences to some of the levels but the differences were so minor i mean you didn't have that little you know in the pc quake you have that little kind of miniature overworld where you go into this room for quest one and this room for yeah. quest two and okay I'm, that's missing from the n64 i but. must have i must have played some sort of the pc version because i do remember that part i remember like going in the room and like choosing the difficulty and i remember like going to the different episodes so i must have played that at some point like as a free version on mac or something like that because i do remember mm-hmm. that beginning but i mostly played the 64 one and i guess i thought that was on there but it but it must at least i guess i thought that maybe the the choosing of the difficulty was there but i guess maybe it wasn't because it doesn't show it on there i should have booted up my own copy of it and s- to see if it was on there or not but it's missing that little mini overworld. It's missing like one or two levels. And then there's just a few tiny differences. Like it might, a texture might be missing or a pillar might be missing, or there might be a new texture where there wasn't one, you know, otherwise, otherwise it's the PC game. Well, also, uh, also what I noticed from the one level that I played on the 64 version is the 64 version starts with like episode two. Like it starts with stuff that's later in the quake game. Like it doesn't start, because you know you don't get into the sci-fi stuff until the second episode of the regular PC Quake. Uh, no, no. Each uh, the I think the at least the first three missions, maybe all four missions, the first level is sci-fi, and then it gets more dark and more kind of uh, fantasy. Okay, because so well, it's cause all there. The the level that I was playing reminded me a lot of the level that I was playing on the PC version, which was no, I think that first level on sixty four is in the second episode of the PC one. The, the very, very first level that you with the guys with the guns that aren't like the grunts or whatever. The, the very the first one that you reason, play. I think yeah, it's in the, the second reason, episode. No, the only reason I know it's not is because I did them back to back. Otherwise, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had any idea. Oh, okay. Because it, no, it, well, it's if it's not, it's very, very similar to like they the first, first or second level of the second episode. They're very similar. The first yeah. levels are very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but you know what's funny about Quake is um, it's so interesting how it, on the one hand, you can feel how dated it is, right? It feels like a product of the 90s, but then it still feels so relevant, you know? And the I whole think it's time fun. you're also, I, I, oh, it's, I, I love I, it. I think it's still a blast to play. I have, a, I was trying to like beat it today because then I'd have like four games that I beat since last week, but uh, I have three levels left. I have three levels left on Quake. Okay. So Oh, and that's the regular without the DLC. So I'm on I'm on the fourth chapter, and the, I'm on like the whatever fourth, third to last level, something like that. Like a maze of pain, I think is what it's called. I think that's one of. Uh, I yes, yes, yeah. I think I think you're right. I think that's like thir- second or third before the end of chapter four. I, I looked I looked it up just to just to see how far I was. Like I just looked at a list of levels because I was like, oh, I'm pretty close, you know. So 
And I'm playing it. I'm playing it on medium, not to just. I mean, you know, play it on whatever level you want to. That's just. I'm just oh. playing it on the regular difficulty, whatever, whatever that is. Well, don't worry, no, I've been playing it on easy. Yeah. Well, there you go, Trey. Brag it up. You're playing in. You're playing <laughs> on a harder difficulty setting than we are. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't care. I mean, play it. Play it on easy all you want. I mean, that's. Uh, play it however you want to play it. However, it's fun for you. Play it like that. Yeah. You know. Right. 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 Have you have you played the multiplayer at all? Have you have you jumped on there just for the just for the fun of it to see how it worked? No, I, not yet. Maybe I will. I the only multiplayer I've been playing lately, and I've been playing a shit ton of it, is Rocket League. I've gone. I had that. a big. Oh yeah, I have a huge. I mean, I've been way back when I played the ton, a, a ton of it, and then I kind of quit playing, and now I'm back. But then again, now I'm mostly playing it on a uh, Series X because you can play it in 120 frames per second it's it's glorious that way nice yeah and i'm and i'm not i'm not going to win any competitions but i'm i'm good enough at it that i don't feel like i'm just a punching bag you know what i mean sure i so, mean i figured you wouldn't want to play it as much if it was if you weren't playing well at it you know what, what would be the fun well to give you my to give you an idea of my level of competitiveness um let's use let's go way back in time and use halo 2 as the example there's eight players right if i got anything five or higher i was fine you know i I could even live with six i just couldn't stand being seven or eight you know the if i got first or second great but four fine i don't need to be the top i don't need to be the top dog i just can't stand being the bottom dog sure (laughs) but uh that that was basically what happened to me in the in the quake multiplayer but it was uh I just wanted to see if it worked. You know, I just, I just tried it out to see if there's anybody on there. And there was plenty of people on there. I had no trouble getting matched up with somebody. It's a cross-platform, which is great. So, uh, And it'll let you know whether you're playing somebody who's playing with a Switch or not. So that's that's kind of cool. But I just got my ass handed to me. Because I never really played multiplayer for Quake. And I'm not really I'm not really there for multiplayer. Because I'm, really, I'm not really a multiplayer guy. I just like playing the single player stuff. You know, I like I like good single player old school first person shooter stuff. So especially sure. when it involves like, you know, hellish landscapes and stuff like that. That's that's my uh, sure. that's, that's my wheelhouse or whatever. Well, my experience with online multiplayer anymore is mostly getting dominated by uh prepubescent eleven year olds whose voice have not dropped yet, but who are just now first trying out the grandness of profanity for the first time. You know what I mean? You're, 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 just you're, dipping their toes into the water of profanity. You're braver than me. I, I mute everybody. If if that's well, if there's an option for that. If there is any sort of voice chat on there, I'm like, nope. Don't don't need to I think, don't need to hear from any of you. I think one of the most vulgar things I've ever said to a minor was in an online match. There was this was Halo 2. And there was some guy, some kid that was just beating the crap out of all of us and gloating about it. And so I said, hey, such and such username, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen your mom juice an orange just with her nipples? And he's like, no. And I said, well, I have. And then you hear like six people start laughing. <laughs> you got him. <laughs> that, got is him. A, that is a weird, uh, that's a weird image there to, to, to think <laughs> of in any way. Like not, I'm not, not with like relatives, but. Yeah, it's just a strange image. Does <laughs> anybody choose an orange with their nipples? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just what came to me in the moment, I guess. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> but as, I mean, aside from that, uh, are you enjoying Quake on Switch? Well, I'll say I enjoyed it because I've already beat it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll go back for the because I know there's DLC with extra levels. Maybe yeah, I'll there's go back like four or five. There's like uh, there's four or five like DLC, um, like you know chapters as well which I, I went in and just played the final one and it does look a lot different than the other stuff at the beginning so they do okay. like like the the structures of the areas look different like the the um 
textures and stuff on the walls. So I was like, oh, okay. this does actually look a lot different. Even though I don't think, I'm sure there's not any new weapons or anything like that in there. But, but I mean, yeah, I'm planning on, I mean, I'm definitely going to beat it. And I'll probably, you know, I'll play the DLC too. I mean, I think it's fun. Like, I'm having a great time with it. And uh, Jeremy just got it as well. So, I mean, what did you, I was actually. Yeah, I bought it. I was surprised that you got it because I thought you were like, because you're like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get tired of it. So I figured you weren't going to get it. That's pretty much what happened. I bought it and it's just not my kind of game. I mean, I'm just not a big on first person shooters unless it's got some weird narrative thing or I don't know, some twist to it that catches my eye. Because I mean, I have played my share of FPSs, but this being one of the like, if not the first, like kind of the one that really established what that means for me, it's like eh, it kind of gets really repetitive really quick. I think if I had played the game when it first came out or, you know, more back in time, even on the 64, then I might have felt differently. But mm-hmm. I'm not saying I hate it. it. It looks good on the Switch. It looks really, really good on the Switch. Um, it just looks so clean. And like, I love when these retro games like still look the way they're supposed to look. They're just really well translated to like the higher resolution screens and stuff and the higher frame rates. I, I yeah, great. I absolutely love like low poly stuff that's all. That's like a, I don't know, whatever you'd call that, like re- remastered or where, where it's just like has this great HD look to it, but it still has the low polyness to it. I, I love that stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, I think the best way to describe how it looks, because I've seen some side by side pictures between the, the remaster and the original original. And if you're playing Quake and you played Quake back in the day, you look at this and you're like, this is just like it was back then. But then when you see them side by side. Uh, no, it's not. And yeah. and it's so it's like it's not designed to look like it did. It's designed to look like you remember it. Looking. Yeah, the way, you, like, the way um, you think it did. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Sonic Mania. You know what I mean? Like that looks exactly like Sonic 2. Well, no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like a, or, or like what they would say for the uh, Legend of Zelda, like the, the N64 3DS remakes, you know, or like, mm-hmm. well, this is what you thought. You know, you, you thought you remember Ocarina of Time looking like, but Ocarina of Time doesn't look it's like kind of what you know. It's, it's like, definitely what they're saying about the Final Fantasy remasters, the one through six or whatever. Like this is more like you remember it. They're trying to clean up the sprites and make them look better, so they translate better. But the feel is supposed to be the feel of 1994. Well, it's it's kind of the it. same. It's the same thing with the Final Fantasy games that are on Switch right now. Like if you were to play like Final Fantasy, I know at least like seven and eight don't don't look the way that they did on PlayStation One originally. They've actually been changed somewhat to where the characters look less awful. You know, they still kind of <laughs> look awful, but they look less awful. But I mean, definitely. So so like if you look at seven, if you're playing seven on that, and then you look at like the actual original PlayStation One version, they do look different. You know, like the characters do. It's, especially eight. I know eight looks a lot lot different between well, the two of them. there was a meme about it the, the pretty the pretty guy you know the, the handsome guy and then maybe because i so i i literally is the, the hair the big hair guy from eight the whatever okay the, the protagonist the main character yeah mm. that's Squall. okay yeah so i literally own final fantasy 8 on ps1 uh, i've had it for 15 years i've never played it once oh not at all not even to see some of those cool cutscenes in there <laughs> those opening cutscenes are pretty cool i've never ever put it in my playstation ever um but I, there was memes you know the with the, the main character uh being such a handsome guy and then you see him on ps1 and his face is all like scrunched in yeah and, yeah like unintelligible <laughs> oh it's where uh I've yeah they're it, at the yeah. dance or whatever and someone says you're the best looking guy here that's yeah. it zooms that's it on his face yeah yes, yeah that's it yeah so that's definitely because i played a a lot of those games i played on psp which were actually playstation one like you know like virtual console stuff 
So mm-hmm. you could tell a huge difference between that and what's on Switch now. You know, it's not like it's not like the Final Fantasy VII remake, but it's definitely they definitely look different. You know, seven and eight do for sure. So sure, it's that same sort of thing. I had a one thing. Uh, one thing I thought was kind of funny is I, I was stuck on this level before I got to like Maze of Pain or whatever. I was stuck on a uh, Tower of Despair on Quake. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's this part in there where there's that. Is it Shambler? Is that what those guys are called that shocked you with the lightning that are the big teeth, yeah. the white guys? Yeah, yeah, um, Shambler. Yeah, I hate those guys. But uh, <laughs> there was this part where uh, I where it makes it look like there's water, but you fall through and there's no water, and you fall into this pit where there's Shambler there. And everything is mm-hmm. so incredibly dark that you can't see anything at all, which is a big thing of like Quake and Doom and all that. And I was just I was stuck on this level forever. And I was just so pissed that I just I just turned the brightness all the way up completely, and it was hilarious, like how different everything looked. Like like you can turn the brightness all the way up, and it looks fine actually. All of a sudden you can see everything, and, it, and it's like there's a huge light, and 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 there were all these areas that I couldn't see. Like I found all these secrets. Like I found like this. Uh, you can get like this pentagram upgrade that like gives you like six 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 armor armor, and I got that, and then that ended up helping me get out. And it was it was just funny that I just like I'm like I've been stuck on this level. And I don't know where to go because everything's so dark. I'll just turn up the brightness all the way. And it actually looks great. And it doesn't look like, you know, a lot of times when you turn up the brightness on older games, it would get kind of all gray in the background. That's not really how it is. It just like gets, everything just gets brighter and you can just see better. So if you're playing the game, Jeremy, and you get frustrated with it, just turn the brightness up and it'll be, it'll get a lot easier because then you can see everything. And that's how I got through that level was cranking the brightness all the way up to the top. And I still haven't brought it all the way down because when I was playing it, it was set all the way down at the bottom. I think that's the default. And mm-hmm. I think I left it like halfway up. So it's still kind of, you know, so I can still kind of see some stuff because a big, I think a lot about that game is like, oh, the darkness and the characters like jumping out and freaking you out. And it's like sort of like a, you know, horror a first person shooter and all that stuff. And just turn it all the way up and play it like that. <laughs> and you'll, you'll be able to see all the stuff that you can see. Like, I don't know how you could get through that level without being able to see anything. Cause it's that whole part with the shambler. It's like, you can't see shit. Like it's like, and there's all these different rooms and there's this, there's like, there's all these secret elevators and stuff that you would have never been able to find if it was all dark still. So that's how I get past, got past that. Yeah. I remember that level really well. Um, Actually, so I said I beat the N64 one today. Um, I think that's the level that I started on today and then just played the rest of the way through the game. So I think it was, I think it was actually today that I played that level. Do, do they still have the same bosses, the 64 and the regular one? Like, does it still end with the same, the same, like, whatever the last boss is for, like, mm-hmm. in episode four and 64? Mm-hmm. Or is it just the regular? Because I do remember the boss that's in the, that's at the end of episode one, the one where you bring the stuff down and you shock the guy. I remember mm-hmm. that being in the 64 one, but I never beat the 64 one because because it was hard because you could only save at the beginning of the level. You know, there was no like mid mid level saves, and it was very difficult because of that. You know, I, I did beat I did beat Quake two though on 64. I actually did it not that long ago, like a year or two ago. I did it live. I streamed it. Cool. But uh, but yeah, but we can. I think we can move on from Quake if you if you've said everything you want to say about it for now. About Quake, I I have yeah. It's well okay. The last thing I'll say is it's if it's so it's such a paradox how dated it feels, but how relevant it feels. Oh yeah, no, I mean I think it's yeah. I think it's incredibly playable still. I mean for me, I mean mm-hmm. I guess, uh, but I play a lot of first person shooters. Well, I play a lot of retro first person shooters, not like Call of Duty or whatever. You know. Sure. Um, let's see. We were, t- so I was talking about what we, what I'd been playing through and then we stopped to talk about quake. Um, 
You talked about the PS- you, talk, you talked about Metopia, and then you talked about Quake. Yeah, well, I talked about uh, Series X. I played all the way through. I played all the way through Control. Control is incredible, by the way. Um, I, I, I have I played, it. I have it on Switch, but I got stuck. I got stuck on a boss that was just. I wasn't having. I wasn't having fun playing the boss, so I just gave up on it. Okay. It was. I mean, it no, was kind of. I, I liked the game up to then, but there was just a spot I just got stuck on, and it was really annoying, and it just wasn't fun to me. So I just. I just kind of. I bounced off of it. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I think it's incredible. I played it all the way through. I loved it. I um, Then I played Doom Eternal all the way through on the Series X and uh, tried Flight Simulator. And I see the promise and potential of that thing, but I I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just Let's fly, honest, right? You just, like, yeah, that seems really interesting. Like there's it's, not like, but it's not like pilot wings, right? There's not like rings for you to fly through or anything. Like there's not like... I don't know. I don't know anything about this game, so don't listen to me. But I was like, is there a point to it? I don't it? think like, it's do you, even technically a game. Do you do things or is it just like a simulation? Like you just fly around and you're in like the realist looking virtual world that there is in as it, far as it, flight sims go. It's basically that. And it's it, the world is generated by map data. So, yeah. you, you know, you could you could fly to any place in the world. I mean, you could you can fly to your house, I could, which I guess a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could, I could literally fly to my house uh, if I could figure out how to fly reliably. Which is, it's such, it's so good as a simulator that it creates this huge barrier of entry. Sure, it's mm-hmm. not like you just don't like, pre- you just don't press a button and just hold back on the analog mode. and just take off. It's not like, like I say, it's not like pilot wings, right? We just hold, no. we just hold A and hold back, and you're in the air. Yeah, I'm no, sure it's, it's not like that. Yeah, I'm sure there's. They no should have easy mode where you can just like get a jetpack. Yeah, there you go. I would. I'd be okay. Puts around. <laughs> you know. Yep. You know that song. Yep. I know. I know. You, I know. You know that song, John. I hope you do. I do. I do. Um, on PS5, I've played a little ways into Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank, Returnal, and then. I recently started over the PS4 game Horizon Zero Dawn over again because it got a PS5 patch. There you go, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, and it was like free too, right? Wasn't it free for a minute? Or Jeremy said it was free. The, the game was for, free, yeah. yeah. I, never, um, I didn't download I it. I guess maybe it's not anymore, but it was... Like, it was free for, on PS4. I think it might have also been free on PS5. Well, I, bu- I bought the game. either bought the game or got it as a gift a few years ago on ps4 so i don't know about the pay situation on the ps5 i know upgrading it to the ps5 patch was free but i brought the game to the party so i don't know hmm. did you notice a significant increase like maybe it just better frame rate was like the, the big difference higher well, resolution it, it's so it um on ps4 pro it runs in what's called 4k checkerboard so it's not literally 4k it like it renders it in like a checkerboard pattern. It's kind of, it's a fancier version of interlacing where you don't have the line, the horizontal lines of interlacing, but it's still only rendering half the data at any point in time. Uh, the PS4 Pro version ran in 4K checkerboard and ran in 30 frames per second. And the only thing the PS5 version enhances is it kicks it up to 60. It's still 4K checkerboard. But when you have twice as many frames, you have half as much movement between frames. And so the checkerboarding becomes much less noticeable. So it looks, even though technically there have been zero improvements to the graphics officially, the net result is to have it still look better because you're not getting the checkerboarding nearly as much. Because you have a just a more powerful system running it. Twice as many frames, yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. I mean and also have, also one of the huge things is no loading, right? Like that's that's like the one thing that I found incredibly intriguing to me, like for PS5, is that things don't load as quickly. Or or, or as like I mean they don't load at all, right? It's just like no loading times for a lot of things. 
a lot of games feature no loading or yeah. just ridiculously small loading. Uh, Horizon, Horizon meets somewhere in between. It's it's the load time is like half or less than half as long as the PS4 Pro. So that's that's long by PS5 standards, but it's still a, a huge improvement over what it was. How did you get your PS5? I mean, I guess you don't have to tell the whole story. <laughs> I, yeah, was I was, was going to ask you about that too. Like how how you because I I still to, haven't successfully gotten to one. Do it. I, I've never tried at this point. I've never tried to get one. I don't I don't care to just because I don't pay, play the PS4 that I have very much. But I mean, I've never seen one anywhere. I mean, I don't I don't think you would like just see one sitting in a store. But I know Jeremy's been talking about like how he's you know you know tried to order it online and it just hasn't worked well so first thing i'll say is um scalpers can fuck off i i did not give them any money and i Good. never i'm will. glad to hear it um so what i what i did is there's a website called nowinstock.com and it tracks a number of companies like best buy walmart gamestop that kind of stuff and you can turn it you can set it so it gives you a notification ding like it sounds like an like an alarm clock going off if something is showing in stock. The problem is, is there's 7 million people looking at this website every second. So Mm -hmm. as soon as that thing goes off, you've got competition. And if you're trying to watch it on a smartphone, it gets kicked out of RAM so often that you really can't rely on that alarm. Um, But I just, you know, we just stayed glued to that. You know, Jody was, my wife, Jody was helping out too. And, and um, one day we saw a notification on GameStop for this bundle. Now, this is this isn't scalping. It's not the same thing as scalping where you sell someone a five hundred dollars system for eight hundred bucks, but it's the next worst thing that GameStop does. First of all, you have to be a pro member to access this, mm-hmm. which is like twenty bucks a year. You get Game Informer magazine, but you still have to sign up for the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, and then instead of selling you a five hundred dollar console, they sell you a five hundred dollar console plus two games plus an extra controller plus a gift card. And it adds up, it comes out to like $900 and then they take like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks off. And then you're still paying 800 something. It's just the difference between that and the scalper is you're getting something more than the $500 system for that 800 bucks. Uh-huh. So, yeah. but I still was planning on spending 500 bucks and I'm spending like 800 bucks. Wow. It's $500. I, I haven't even, did you at least get to pick the, the did you get to pick the two games or was it like a bundle that included two games? You had it was a, it was a bundle. It was Spider-Man and it was uh, a ratchet and clank. And then there was, a okay. gift card. and I used the gift card to buy Returnal. Okay. So from what I, from what I can tell, what is it like Returnal and, and uh, Demon Souls are like the only two actual exclusives to PS5 that aren't on other things. My understanding is there are like four or five true exclusives on the ps5 because again because there were some some that i thought that were that aren't like i like there was a playstation sale going on and i always check the sales like just to see and like uh bug snacks that's on ps4 i thought that was i didn't realize it was it's on ps4 uh also uh what was it um it takes two thought that was ps5 only that's on ps4 also uh it's like uh okay so I, was, so I was trying to figure. So all these games that I thought were only on PS5 are on PS4. I'm like, okay, weird. And they probably run right. better on PS5, but it's the only ones I thought were actual exclusives were Returnal and and uh, PS and uh, whatever. I, uh, I was this close to buying Demon Souls Bug Snacks this week because it was on sale on PS4. I'm surprised mm-hmm. you didn't, like, because it's uh, it's got your band on there. It does. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know which ones are, they are. Um, I I was pretty sure the new Ratchet Clank was PS5 exclusive. I'm pretty sure. It is. Oh yeah, that, maybe... that that one that one probably is too. Yeah, no, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that is that one probably is. No, you're right. I forgot. I my my interest in Ratchet and Clank is so small that I just forgot that that even happened. It's the first Ratchet and Clank game I've ever played in my life. I, I play I played the HD trilogy, um, which I only played. I think I only played like the first game actually. 
because I had already I had already played through uh, Sly Cooper's trilogy and like what Jack and Daxter. I guess I didn't finish that one either. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I played a bunch. Well, yeah, of those. you played all the Crash Bandicoot games. I, I played them, but I didn't like them. I, I played them because they were free on PlayStation Plus. That's the only reason. But, but yeah, I just played them for a little bit. Well, the thing I'll say in defense of the PS5, uh, only having four, you know, three or four, maybe five console exclusives. I mean, it, I mean it's, it's it's new, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, knocking, I'm not knocking it for that. I'm just saying that, you know, there's just not, it, PS4 had the same thing where like uh, when it started, most of the games were PlayStation 3 games that were just coming out again on PS4. I mean, Switch mm-hmm. is doing the same thing with Wii U games. Everybody does it. Right. It's fine. You know? well, <laughs> right, right, right. But where, where I was going with that is, PS5 might only have three or four or five. Xbox Series X has like one. Oh yeah, I I, think- I, I, I didn't even count them in there because Xbox is. I mean, they're they're a uh, Game Pass is they're cool, which PC, is basically. Yeah. I mean, Game Pass is basically the new PS3 or the new PlayStation Plus, which is what Game Pass is what PlayStation Plus was for PlayStation Three, but now it's Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but uh, yeah, I mean they they haven't had like really haven't really had much exclusives. In a while, I don't think Xbox One really had much. Like that was a big, that was a big problem with that, right? Was that they had no exclusives, so people was like, "Well, why, Microsoft why get it? just really went the way of uh, wanting to unify like the PC and the Xbox." So yeah, sure. Well, Game Pass is really incredible. It's it's a lot better than what PS uh, Plus was on PS3. It's um, it's other than the fact that you're not streaming the game, you're you have to download it. It basically is Netflix for for mm-hmm. xbox games and and because of that you know like all the major games are going to be free to play for game pass members on day one like halo, uh, halo infinite i don't have to mm-hmm. buy it i can game pass it yeah. you know i mean flight simulator i did i paid zero bucks for it you know yeah. uh because of game pass i and because of that i think i think because of the ps5's exclusives being so great that the way my PS5 and Xbox Series X playtime is going to go is I'm going to play the PS5 a lot for a little bit and then not play it hardly at all for a while, right? Whereas mm-hmm. Series X, it's got Game Pass. It's got this perpetually revolving library of never-ending games. It's probably when I'm... And I still, I mean, gosh, Switch is still like 60-70% of my playtime, but when I'm not playing Switch, when I'm playing one of the two big consoles, it's going to be PlayStation by appointment and Xbox the rest of the time yeah i'm just saying i think the only the main difference between playstation plus and uh, game pass is yeah game pass does it is sooner like when the game a lot of times when the game comes out you get it for free automatically but playstation plus in the playstation 3 era when it was like in gold it didn't take that long for games to get on there for free i know because i downloaded everything on playstation plus and there were some things that were on there that were maybe like a couple weeks old and they were full $60 games and none of it was streaming. It was all just, you just downloaded it and played it on your, on your system. Are you thinking PlayStation now? No, you're thinking PlayStation now. Cause that's the streaming thing. PlayStation mm-hmm. plus is where you played like $50 a year and you got shit ton of free games through it. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So I was thinking PlayStation plus then, uh, uh, because, but it's only like three or four games a month, right? And it just revolves like every. Well, month it, I mean, it's not month. it's not good anymore. But in the PlayStation Three era, it was amazing. Like when you got like when PlayStation Plus happened, you got like I don't know, like ten games for free, like right off the bat. But they were they were like timed. So if you didn't download them at a certain time, you couldn't get them later. But if you would just download and cancel, you could download it whenever. That's all you had to do was just initiate the download. And then you could download or whatever. All you had to do was continue your PlayStation Plus membership. 
and you would always get to play these games. And this and this also worked through the PlayStation Portable as well, which you also got. I got a ton of free games for that. I actually got like the Grand Theft Auto uh, Vice City stories like for PlayStation Portable, plus a whole bunch of like the Mega Man games and uh, what was it, that Monster Hunter game that is Monster Hunter. There's a bunch of other shit that I got for that as well, but it was great. That was the same way I got like, uh, like I said, the Crash, the Crash Trilogy, uh, Crash Team Racing, like, it was awesome. Like at the very beginning of PlayStation Plus, it was the same thing of what I'm hearing right now of uh, Game Pass. It was it's just basically they were just giving you games for free, and like big ones that weren't that old, you know. And, um, okay, and it wasn't so I... it wasn't a streaming service. You would just download it just like you would anything else. It just had to check like once a month or something that you were still a PlayStation Plus member in order for right. you to play, so the, play the things. So the PlayStation Plus is the equivalent to Xbox Live Gold, where you get they offer you so many games a month for free. You you can only download them during the window, but as long as you're a member, you keep them. Yeah. They never go away, right? Yeah. Okay, so Game Pass, instead of it being like three or four games a month, it's, I just, that's what I just looked up. It's over 300 games all available now. And they're all free and you download them. But here's the difference. I didn't even think um, they had 300 games on the Xbox Series S. <laughs> right well, now. it's a, well, it's okay. It's, a, it's, 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 uh, well, the majority of them are probably Xbox One games, you know, but there's sure. some Xbox 360. There's even a couple OG Xbox games. But I, I watched Xbox the, games. I watched the Xbox Direct or whatever they called it that uh, happened a couple mm-hmm. months ago. And that was like, I was on Twitter making jokes about like, I was trying to come up with a meme format that was like, mom can i go i was like mom can i go play with my friends and she's like you can play with your friends on day one with xbox game pass like that whole <laughs> yeah. presentation was like literally everything that was coming out yeah you made it you made a joke on there that was something like oh i'm not gonna play soccer until it's free on game pass and i thought that was funny <laughs> something something like that but literally like that's their that's totally their move like from now on like you if you buy you buy the xbox series s you're basically with game pass you're basically just plugged into that ecosystem and get to do everything it kind of sounds like and uh, X- yeah, xbox it, live gold was actually added later to try to keep up with the playstation plus stuff sure. that was happening because they actually didn't sure. have any free games with live originally so but right, that was i mean right. ps3 wasn't they were just trying to get people to get it i understand i was one of the few people that had a ps3 over the 360 but i'm just saying i had i had a shit ton of fun with the playstation plus at the time and uh game pass just reminds me of that even though i'm sure it's you can do a lot more with it. It's it's different. It's different. Yeah, I don't think of them as that equivalent. But um, one thing Xbox I will say, is putting like everything into that. That's yes, like, that's all their chips are on Game Pass. Yes, seems. yes, one hundred percent. The Xbox Series X, like yeah, anything. No it seems like anything they make is on there. Like uh, like any game that Xbox makes is like free. Here it is. It's free. Please buy your system. It, it make it makes no sense to have a new Xbox without Game Pass. But I mean, if I had one, I would definitely would. You know, I mean, that's totally why you, that's why you would. But I don't. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time talking about PlayStation okay. Plus and Game Pass. It really doesn't matter. But uh, okay, all right. But yeah, um, is there anything else you want to talk about? I can't think of anything at the moment. Maybe at the end, at the end of the show, I'll think of something to say. But let's move on. Okay. Well, um, there's a game that Jeremy and I actually. Jeremy got it after I got it, but there was a game that actually kind of reminded me of you, John. Because it seemed like something that you would enjoy. Have you heard of Golf Club Wasteland by chance? No, tell me. Golf Club Wasteland is a is like a two D golf adventure game. I guess you're basically golfing on uh, Earth after Earth is after the world has been destroyed or um, whatever. It's um you're basically golfing where there is no life, but you're listening to uh you're listening to this radio station as you're playing the game called uh called Radio Radio Nostalgia for Mars or RNFM. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of Nerd Noise Radio, sort of, just kind of the way they do it. But it's a, 
It's great. I mean, it's this. Uh, it's it's a short game. I actually beat it in one sitting, but uh, I, I wasn't mad about it. It was it was on sale. It's like five dollars. I ended up using my gold coins on Switch on the mm-hmm. eShop, so I got it for free. So I didn't have to pay anything for it. But uh, it's super relaxing. It's just like one. You know, it's just one button. You just kind of aim on the two D landscape and just you try to hit your ball like through all these deserted like businesses and and uh, malls and stuff like that to get to the hole, and then you go on to the next thing. And there's sort of a story. That revolves around it, and actually, it's, kind of, it's almost like yeah. a yeah, it's almost like a visual novel, but golf game at the same time because you're getting like the history of the you're kind of getting a history from what's a, what's around you as you're golfing through it, but you're also getting some, but you're at the same time you're getting like basically one sentence of, sto- of a story for each level about the main character who's the the pilot of the ship, and then you're also um, at the same time, yeah, you've got the retro nostalgia from Mars. Radio nostalgia from Mars. Radio nostalgia from Mars, right? RNFM, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's really interesting because like uh, it's it's cool because uh, radio nostalgia from Mars. There's actually it's it's like a live radio show and people call in and do stories. It actually kind of reminded me mm-hmm. a little bit of like the Moth from NPR, you know, like stuff like that. Kind of yeah. kind of reminded like me of uh, NPR stories but there's also a little mu- bit like uh there's music the as well radio, but a little bit like a radio station in grand theft auto to be honest like uh some of the ones where they like talk between the between the songs and stuff but no it's really what's really interesting about this game is that it kind of like it sort of takes place in the near future in that it's got a lot of like elements that are definitely contemporary like there's references to bitcoin for instance like yeah the, 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 there's a place with all these giant bitcoins that are just like you know, it's a it's an emptied area like that's you know forgotten and destroyed, and and also there's like one. We actually I think this is the first picture I've ever saw of this game where in the background there's a there's a business called Cafe Fe, and that it's like says Cafe Fe in, in neon lights, and and that was actually my nickname that I said hipster pubes because there's a, there's a level where you where you golf past a past a building that says hipster pubes and big and big yeah. neon lights, and it has like the twirly mustache you know that you would see and. I thought that was funny, but it's uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. The whole premise of the story is that uh, basically the the billionaires got off of Earth just in time. They got to Mars, and you're the guy that drove them there. You're the guy that piloted the ship, so you're kind of like not the one percenter out of everybody else. And so you're, you're there for a while, and then eventually they these rich people have like figured out their resources enough on Mars that now they can like go back to Earth whenever they feel like it. But Earth is you know destroyed and uh and now so they're just like well now it's just a big golf course we just go there to golf (laughs) and so like you're the pilot of the ship coming back basically to like decide whether or not you want to go back to mars or if you want to come back to earth and kind of see what's happened to it since you were gone it's very very dark have you have you beat the game yet jeremy yeah i finished it okay an hour ago did you did you watch the because once you beat the game you get like a full you get like a picture comic book almost where it shows you like the whole origin no, story as to why the character got there and all the, all the details of it. it's, it's really cool. Cause like once you beat the game, they kind of give you this in-depth story about cool about it. I think it's called like Charlie's Odyssey or something like that. It's you, 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 uh, you check it out from the menu, but it's like 55 pictures of, uh, the reason that he's there. And I guess, uh, yeah, he was he ended up on Mars, but his for some reason like his his wife or his girlfriend or whatever it got left there and he was trying to come back and find her but he never did and it's kind of one of those things mm-hmm. and he ended up staying there cuz he didn't want to be on Mars. And then all this it's it's cool they actually go through and and also when you get the when you beat the game there's a QR code that you can scan and you get the and you get the soundtrack for free as well, which I thought that was a really cool 
surprise oh, I that so I didn't know about. Did because yeah, I, I scanned the QR code and it and it and you can just have it. You can either download it directly from your phone or you can send it. You send an email to yourself. I actually did both. I downloaded it on my phone and I sent it to my computer. So you can do that different ways. But yeah, you can get and you get the entire playlist of uh, Radio Nostalgia for Mars. So you have all the call-ins and all of the music and it's like 30 tracks and you can listen to all of it. And it's really fucking cool. That's was actually, awesome. there was a really nice surprise in there <laughs> that they ended up handed you the soundtrack as well. Of so. Well, so I looked it up. I, I'm looking at the Nintendo uh, store page right now, looking at Golf Club Wasteland. It looks pretty cool. And the way you described the radio makes it sound really compelling to me. So for eight bucks, seven and a half bucks, I think I'm going to go for it. Is it is is the is the sale not up anymore then? Because it was it was five when I got it. It's well, so the regular price is nine ninety nine. Apparently, it's technically on sale, but not not five bucks. It's seven fifty nine or seven forty nine right now. Oh, maybe it was maybe it was more. I don't know. I thought it was less because I had I thought it was like five ninety nine on sale when I got it because I because I had like eight dollars worth of gold coins and I didn't end up using all of them but regardless I didn't pay anything for it and ended up getting a soundtrack you know for free so but I, it just kind of reminded me uh, reminded me of you because it sort of you know kind of has somewhat of a nerd noise radio vibe I guess with the with the radio and I thought you would enjoy it's just like so peaceful like with the music and with the people talking and it's just kind of like and it and, it, and it's cool because it actually the radio the radio uh, stuff actually exists in the world so if you play a level that's like underground, you'll lose signal, so you can't hear the radio station anymore. And then when you come back above ground, it'll come back. So it's kind of like it does this cool like frequency thing. Like there's a part where you're like riding up an escalator, and it kind of like comes back the higher you get, you know. And this is just like really cool effects in there that I really enjoyed. You know, that's where they actually make it its own thing. It's not just like a soundtrack; it actually exists in the world. You know, where you where you can't hear it in some places. And there's one where you like you like golf in this old like club that's playing like house music that's like repetition 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 is like what the song is called and it's just saying that over and over and i got a kick out of that too i i love it i love it i um the the sense of humor that is on display there uh just sounds incredible so i i uh I'll, I'll buy it my first chance. And and also, first of all, thank you. That's a huge compliment that you compare it to Nerd Noise Radio. But now I'm going to be listening to it and like seeing if I can hear myself. Oh, I mean, you know? I just, it, it kind of, because I know that, because Nerd Noise Radio is also inspired by NPR, right? Or or some, or was it, wasn't there a program that was on there that you had, that you were inspired by? Uh, yeah, uh, Hearts of Space, which is an NPR New Age program. Yeah, so which, I mean, Hearts of Space, like a, uh, Radio nostalgia from Mars, like it all kind of, you see what I mean? It all, it all kind of fit in the same area for me, I guess. <laughs> was with that, was with that type of thing. I'm gonna give it a listen. First chance I get. Uh, the last, well, I will say one thing. Uh, the way you described the story, so the world's about to blow up. The rich people get off just in time. They they get established enough on Mars. So let's go back to post-apocalyptic Earth and just golf. I mean. That is, that's like exactly what the rich people would do in that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's so, that's so, such dark humor. I mean, you know, that is so bitter humor. I love it. I, I love the it's idea not, of it. Like it, it's, it's, like I said, it's very, it's very peaceful. It's very relaxing. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, like I used to live on the end of the street, you know, like a, like our street, there was nothing there. Like we were the last house on the left. Like if you're looking that way, but, uh, at one point when I was in high school, they started building houses around us, you know, because they were going to extend the street. And uh, my friend, my a friend of mine and, and me, we used to play, uh, we called that construction site golf. And we would go out there and hit golf balls around like the, 
the dirt and like the houses and stuff like that. And this kind of this game kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Like we would do, we made up our own little golf game based around this these construction sites that were behind the house there. You know, we just kind of hit balls around, and it's it's it it wasn't as complicated as this game, but it kind of brings back memories of that, I guess. Cool, cool. It's kind of feel like it reminded me a lot of uh, World of Goo initially. Maybe it's because the music. Like, sure, no, it and, does. Uh, well, and, and World of Goo also has that same like end of the world theme to it. Yeah, and like a, a very tongue-in-cheek, like, I mean, the world got even worse before it ended, you know, like, maybe it's okay it ended kind of based on the neon signs and stuff, but it doesn't seem that different from right now yeah, at the no, same time. I, I definitely see could feel similarities to that, and I love World of Goo, and I love this game as well, so I mean, it's, that would make sense for me, that I would enjoy both of them, because they do kind of feel like they're in that same realm. But you do eventually see some graffiti that gives a day that the world ended. 2038, man. <laughs> I was I was going to yeah. capture that because, yeah, that's, that, that's when it ends, 2038. I was going to make a comment on Twitter or something and say, like, all right, mark your calendars, 2038. That's when it's, that's when it's happening. Look out. We got we got time still. Uh, invest in Cafe Fe business, LLC. So, no, it, it's it's cool. Like, And I've I've talked about it many times on this show. Like, I, I'm a sucker for golf games. And, any, you know, this one just was, uh, I don't know, golf on a deserted world is... Sounds so, like a nice yeah, time. <laughs> and we both played the adventure mode, so that doesn't have any sort of... One of the reasons it's so relaxing is you have no uh, shot limit or whatever, so you can just play through it. And it gives you a, it gives you the option to skip the level if you get to a certain amount of strokes, which is a lot of strokes. It's like if, 16. If, if you get frustrated, like yeah, you can, you can skip stuff. But there is a mode where it gives you, you know, and I haven't tried it yet, but there is a mode where... There's a challenge If you want to go back and challenge yourself, yeah, you can. And then there's even one, I think, where... No, there's another mode where it was even worse, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, th- there is they they don't like a. I mean, you can complete it in however many strokes as you want, but if you complete it in a certain amount of strokes, you actually unlock di- unlock diary entries, and that's how you can read more stuff about the world. So, there, oh, okay, there are stuff that you unlock as you go, and when you and when you pause and look at the diary entries, it'll tell you what you need to do to unlock the rest of them. It'll be like play this level and beat it in like less than six strokes or whatever. So there is like a replayability where you could go back and try to get all the diary entries. And they're not all, I think they're not from the main character. I think they're just random diary entries from people who lived on earth before they left or something like that. So it helps build the world, build the Flesh world story. where they were at and all that. So it's cool. And I, and I would see it occasionally. It'll say it in the corner, whatever you unlocked one. And then I started reading them and I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is all right. Well, I missed this one. I missed this one. And it'll kind of show you that you could have got it at whatever level if you would have done better. So you could come back and try and do that again. And it's it's cool. I mean, especially for, I mean, it's, yeah, we were saying like, even like at full price at like nine ninety nine or whatever, I think it's still, I mean, still there's a lot to fuck around with there. And it's worth the, the nice time. It only took me a few hours to get through it. But I mean, it was, it was nice. It's, a, I mean, it was something that I really enjoyed, you know, like, uh, it's been a while since I've like beat something in one sitting like that, where I was actually you know, that into it where I just kept playing and I was like, well, just, and I think there was what, like 30 some levels, something like that total, I think. 35. Yeah. 35, yeah. I took so. one break and came back and did it all. So I got it earlier today and I was like, well, I'm on level like 20 something. Maybe I can try to finish this before the the podcast. So I threw it back on at like eight o'clock and pushed through it. I'm glad you liked really it. enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I'll, I'll probably go back to it at some point, but yeah, for the price. Heck yeah. It was a nice little fun. Maybe even have like like an inside or a limbo sort of vibe to it. Oh yeah, 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 kind of. I mean, well, yeah, it's still the same. Has it like a 
eerie, uh, dark. Because I what, one thing I really like about it is the use of the foreground because there's different things that'll show up in the foreground, like rabbits, and mm. sometimes there's even like a yeah, like, like creatures a, that watch you, and a humanoid creature yeah. watching you play. Mm. Yeah, it's cool. It, it looks it looks really nice. So yay, yay for more weird golf games on Switch. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, happy, I'm happy for it. And uh, speaking of golf games, we didn't we didn't mention this last week, but uh, Mario Golf has new ranked mode. I don't know if you checked that out that yet, Jeremy. But yet. now you can unlock blue boo with a hat. You can. Uh, that's what the that's, that's what the prize is for this month is a boo with a golf hat. So if that's what you wanted, you can have that. And I, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to get to it just because just before we recorded this. So I made it to I made it to a, to a rank. I think I'm like I think I made it. I'm like just a minus now. But once I made it to a rank, my first match as a rank, everybody was wearing everybody was boo with a hat. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> it's like because uh, I changed mine to boo with the hat, like just to see what it looks like. Uh-huh. And it was me against three other boos with a hat. So it's like all right. <laughs> it's like when Link got added to uh, Mario Kart Eight, and then when you played online, everybody was Link. <laughs> it, it, it reminded <laughs> me of that, which is like oh we're we're all boo now. Boo with it, a hat. Yeah, boo with a golf hat. It's kind of silly, but uh, it still brought me back to play more ranked mode on Mario Golf. So there you go. It's, uh, That's one of the pieces of magic Nintendo really has is is uh, putting a, a new hat on something, and then all of a sudden it's it's uh, <laughs> fab again. You know, it's just oh yeah, Nintendo is very good at that. I'm sure you've seen that. Yeah, there's so many memes that people make, like mentioning the Simpsons episode. You know, with Malibu Stacy with the new hat. Yes. And that's, that's very, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, and you see the yeah the, the it was like, but this one has a new hat. <laughs> you know, it's like very much like, it's like why would you ever? I, I told Jess about it, and she's like, uh, why would you ever? Why would you ever play as Boo without a hat? Now it's like I don't know. You, you have to play with the hat. You gotta have the golf hat, yeah, right? Something's missing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you don't know you need it until you have it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I imagine that that's what they're going to continue to do every month with Mario Golf ranked is. Uh, we will have a new version of whatever characters on there, and that's cool. They got a lot of characters, so I guess we'll get a new skin for whatever character. Because the first one was, uh, you could unlock uh, Yoshi colors, like n- different Yoshi colors that weren't there before. And I was hoping that there would be different colored hats, but no, it's only blue. It's only a blue boo hat, so that's unfortunate. But I don't know. It brought me back. Like I said, it's keeping me playing Mario Golf Super Rush, so I mean, that's fine, and it's still fun. And it's and I was actually able to edit and play online at the same time, just because it's so slow and it doesn't really, it doesn't really force you to play. So you can like wait for however long. Like I've waited, I've actually like got up and gone to the bathroom and come back like in the middle of a hole, and it still doesn't kick me off. So it's like, it's so chill. Like you can just wait, and, and it's you know it's it's the only thing I've been able to play online and edit the podcast at the same time. So there you go. But yeah, there's that. Uh, I just, I just, just two more things. I beat a couple things, a couple other things that I just wanted to run through. So I'm sure everyone is aware we were talking about the OLED coming out in less than a month, but Metroid Dread is also coming out in less than a month. So I've started my own countdown to Dread, and I've played through Metroid NES. I played through it in a couple days, actually. But it, there's like, what, like three or four weeks between now and the eighth so today as of today it's 31 days it's exactly one month it's exactly one month from now Mm -hmm. yeah so so my plan so basically what my plan is is i'm gonna beat i'm gonna try to beat all of the 2d metroids and that's not i'm not doing any of the remakes i'm just doing i'm doing metroid one which i already did i'm gonna do metroid two on game boy and then i'm gonna do super metroid fusion and other m is, is my plan so 
Okay. If I if I do one every week until it's released, I'll be able to do it. So this week I did Metroid One. If I do two before next week's show, I'll have and so forth. So I do two before next week's show, uh, Super before next before the week after that, uh, Fusion before that, and other Elm is other Elm is the one I'm not really sure of, but I want to try to get it in there anyway, just because it was like the technically the last like. I don't know, 2D Metroid. I might, that we saw. I might try to play Super Metroid with you, or you know, maybe like challenge myself to beat it that same week that you that you played through it. So I mean, that that's what I and actually, um, I love I love Metroid One. I love Metroid NES. I beat it multiple times, so it was fun to play it again. It's it's great to play it on the Nintendo Switch Online. That's that's how I was playing it. the The rewind function is awesome because there's like mm-hmm. some major troll parts in a uh, Metroid in Metroid One where the you know, because there, there's like some there's some like jumping parts later in the game that are kind of annoying. Where if you fuck it up, you go all the way down to the bottom. But with the uh, with the rewind, you can just go back, or or if you're trying to collect your uh, your energy back and stuff like that, you can uh, you can just rewind before you died and then just try to do it better and stuff like that. There's a there's one part in uh, the crate part of the game where uh, there's an energy tank and there's a pitfall right before the energy tank. It's a total troll thing where like they want you to run straight to the energy tank and then you fall and then you'll fall down this whole thing and you got to go all the way around. I used the rewind for that where I fell through and I just rewound it back and then jumped over it and got the energy tank just because I didn't want to do what you have to do in the game. So there, there's some really, I know, you know, whatever you can call it cheating if you want, but it was fun. I don't, it was fun for me. And it's a, uh, like I said, I, I really, Metroid was my favorite series. So it was really nice to return to it. And now I'm starting to get pumped. I did actually watch, I watched a couple trailers for Dread while I was while I was working the other day, just because I'm like starting to feel, starting to feel the Metroid love coming back since I'm playing the other games. So it's gonna be fun. So I'm ex- I'm excited about it. Uh, the only thing I'm not really looking forward to is playing Metroid Two again because it's not it's my least favorite Metroid game. Yeah. But uh, uh, just print off a map. That's what I did. Uh, I, that's the best way to do it. I. I just went and just printed myself a map of where everything is on NES. And I actually put it on my phone and I numbered everything as to where I wanted to get them in what order. And that's mm-hmm. how I did it for that. And I'm going to do the same wow. thing for Metroid 2. So just because those first two games don't have maps and they're incredibly annoying if you don't have a map. So right, that's why I suggest to people uh, get a map and uh, print out a regular map that shows where everything is. Uh, figure out your path that you're going to go. Also, when you get to the end... Get make sure and switch the wave beam back to the ice beam because if you try to fight the Metroids without the ice beam, you're going to get killed. There's no way to destroy Metroids without the ice beam. So do that yep. for anybody who's trying to do it again. <laughs> that's my that's my uh, advice right there. Yep, uh, I will say that I love the surface of SR388 theme for Metroid Two. That is an incredible piece of music. I love that. Uh, no, the music's great in Metroid Two. I just, I'm just, it's just not my favorite. And it's sure. not it's not that it's bad. It's just. It's just, it's really easy to get lost because all the levels look kind of the same on the Game Boy one. I feel like they did a pretty good job of remaking it on 3DS, but I I don't want to play. It. I want to play something I can play on a TV. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to replay the 3DS one again. I want just want to play the originals. So that's what I'm trying to get to stick to. So I did pre-order Metroid Dread. So I should get it the same day as I get the OLED. And I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I, I love the Metroid series. I'm glad that we're getting. Uh, a new installment uh, in the 2D Metroid uh, franchise. First time in 19 years we're yep. getting a new uh, side-scrolling Metroid game. Since uh, uh, Fusion, right? Fusion. Well, I mean, Other M is kind of side-scrolling. I know you can move, you can like move in and out of the thing, but it's 
I think it's well, when they said the first one in 19 years, I know they definitely were not counting uh, other M, but I don't know. Yeah, they probably just they want counting. <laughs> no one to remember. I think, it, but, yeah. I think it went well, I think it just went from fusion, sure. which I guess would leave out zero mission. Yeah, so, well, I mean, that's a remake of one. Yeah, right, right, right. well, I mean, I, I, I think what, what maybe what they're trying to do is because other M takes place before fusion, like it's supposed to be like directly after Super Metroid, it's when other M falls. So maybe that's, I don't know, other M's a weird game. I, I liked it when it came out, but I haven't played it ever since. And I always kind of wanted to just come back and try it again. And I know that the same main director on this is was on other M as well. So I mean, it's worth a look, I guess. It's, it's just one of those things. I just want to try it again and see if it. See I if definitely it own bad. all these games. Yeah. So I, I some yeah, fashion or another. Yeah, and I and I own all the games, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. planning on playing my original Metroid Two that my sister bought me, like when it came out, you know, and, and whenever that was. So I'm going to play it on the on the Game Boy Player on my GameCube. Is what I was planning on doing. With that. I want to say like '93. I could be wrong. No, I thought so, a Metroid Three. I thought Super. I thought Super Metroid was '93. '94. '94. Okay, well then maybe it was ninety four because or ninety three because I know it was really close because they had two different development teams working on both of them at the same time. So even though they do kind of look like they influenced each other, they didn't because they had different people on it, from what I heard. So hot take: E M M I Emmy in Metroid Dread mm-hmm. is this? Isn't this basically just S A X two point I kind of thought that too. Kind of, yeah. I mean, but this time they're I... machines that were created that have gone rogue rather than just some sort of organism that came to be. Yeah, but and I know it's much more high stakes this time because there's yeah, there's Emmys chasing you everywhere and it's what kind of one-hit kill and all this stuff, but it essentially serves the same general purpose in the game. Like, you know, all the sudden... Turns into like a stealth part, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it does kind of look like that. I don't know. Uh, I just hope it's not too much like that. I, I, wanted, I want the like slow-paced, ex, you know, isolation exploring stuff that I like so much in Metroid. I don't want it to be chased by the robot too much. I want some chill parts also, you know. Sure. But from watching the trailers recently, I think it looks incredibly smooth. Like, I think it looks really good. Like, I, I haven't really, I've kind of just stayed away from it because I don't want to, uh, I don't want it to be spoiled. You know, I already know that I want to buy the game, so I don't really need to see, you know, and I feel like they, I feel like they're really pumping the shit out of the trailers on this. Like, they really want people to, like, get the game. So, I mean, I just don't want them to show too much, you know, so. But, but yeah, I've started my Metroid countdown and all that, so it'll be fun. It's a I recommend everybody you got. I mean, you have you have Metroid NES and Super Nintendo there, and if the uh, I don't know why I didn't mention it last week, but if if the Game Boy Color Game Boy um, Nintendo Switch Online thing is true, we'll have Metroid Two: Return of Samus as well on Switch soon. So mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. three the main the main trilogy there will be available. So well. I want to believe that rumor, but I also believe the rumor about the Switch Pro. So I guess we'll just yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I we we believe. I mean, I believe pretty much all the rumors. So there you go. And uh, one more thing uh, that I beat, and then we'll then we'll take a break and come back and talk about more stuff. But uh, I beat No More Heroes three as well today at uh, twenty hours. Beat it officially. It was I think it was at like twenty hours and it's like something. It was like right at twenty hours that I beat it. But I made it through. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. It was a uh, it's very much, I mentioned it last week, it's very much like the other No More Heroes games. If you don't like those, you probably won't like 3. But if you like a really weird game, it's fun. <laughs> if you like a game that's just mm-hmm. that's just going to go places that you never expect, then uh, go for it. It's it, I don't know, it's really hard for me to explain No More Heroes, I guess, from and uh, without somebody actually playing it. Because 
when the first game came out, I was kind of disappointed by it because I thought it was going to be, I guess I thought it was going to be more like Killer7 and it wasn't at all. But but then when I came back to it later, I appreciated it more. And I really enjoyed 2 when it came out. And I still kind of miss some of the stuff that that did compared to this. But it's just like, just the way, just the things that happened in that game while I'm playing it, I was just like, this is amazing. Like that this, something this weird and this unique can come out. And it's cool that Nintendo like really like, supported it they just let it be fucking weird like that and they let it just be over the top and let it be just like the weird ass game that it is and it's beautiful (laughs) i'm glad that they did that they just let they let this fucking strange game exist in the in the in the switch landscape you know let travis be travis and let it be as weird as as it is a satisfying conclusion oh the ending i I was i was wondering if the ending would be really weird and it's it's kind of weird but it's nothing it's nothing compared to the other games. Like it does not have the weird ending of one or anything like that. It's kind of more along the lines of two, I guess. And they say that it's the last game, you know, but it has like the fucking most hundred percent cliffhanger ending I've ever seen. Like they definitely made it look like they were planning to make another one. So, I mean, I want to play whatever the, whatever the ending is there. Like what, I don't want to say what it is cause I don't want to spoil it, but they definitely left it open. They could have totally done another game. And there's some just like, there's some just amazing parts in it. The way the very, like the very, very final battle that you do was like, I would have never expected it. I was like, that's, that's amazing. Like once you, right when you see it, you're like, I know exactly what this is. And that's hilarious. So like the way you do it is great. I, like I said, I don't want to say too much of it because it's, because you'll enjoy it once you get to it, but it's hilarious through and through. I got to the RPG, the turn-based RPG part, which was awesome. And I did laugh out loud. There's a because you it, there's a part where it turns into a turn-based RPG, and uh, Travis just talks about how much he hates RPGs and he hates like turn-based and he hates waiting. And he talks about he talks about like I don't know if he's trying to say how ugly like Japanese RPG characters are. They bleep it out, but they, but they do this whole like conversation where they're talking about like how characters are whatever looking. And uh, there's when your menu comes up, it's basically like attack. You know, there's attack, there's magic, there's summon, there's all these different things. And of course, you know, Travis doesn't have any magic power, so you can't do any of the magic spells. You can try to do them, and it'll say you have no MP. But if you try to summon, it basically tells you that the knights of the round are like gone, like they're not, they're not. You can't summon them. They're like out to eat or something. And I thought that was mm-hmm. hilarious because they're referencing the knights of the round from from Final Fantasy VII, like the summon, you know, that you try to find and. That that didn't make me laugh out loud. Like I was like, oh, that's hilarious. So I mean, it's a, it's it's definitely, and the font is the same. The font is exactly the same as Final Fantasy VII, and the bubbles are too. So they're definitely aiming for a specific person to play it that have, that have played these other games. So yeah, it's great. I had a blast with it. It's uh, I have no regrets. And it's and there's new game plus after when you beat it, you can play it in a higher difficulty and keep all your stuff and. You can still it, like when you when you after you beat it, you save in the world, so you can go and collect all the extra shit if you want to. Like, there's still plenty of stuff I haven't found, like extra missions and collectibles and cars and whatever that I haven't found, and you know, extra mini games, whatever shit on there. So if I want to come back and still tool around in the world, I can. So, so there you go. That's my third my third beat. Sounds like an awesome game. I've never played it. Yeah. Did you play any of them ever? The the No More Heroes? No. I and I've been thinking a lot about big franchises that i've never touched like uh there's shin megami tensei 5 coming out and that's like i've never played a shin megami tensei game so this might be my on uh oh five look five looks so good five five is like five is like kind of my game of the year i think i think that's going to be my game of the year because it looks 
that's another one that they've been pumping out trailers for like crazy, but I'm trying to stay away from that, but it looks good. Like, I think the graphics look awesome. Like, and it's, and I just love the way they, I don't know. It looks great. I think five might be an entry level for a lot of people because did you play persona at all? No, no. Cause persona, <laughs> I, understand. I would say, cause persona is, oh yeah. Persona is a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei. So I think that maybe it is some more, some of the persona fans will be pulled in by the Shin Megami Tensei stuff. Cause they are kind of trying to, blend it a little bit more but also if you played uh tokyo mirage sessions that's also in the same realm of uh persona and all that stuff it looks like it's going to be more like tokyo mirage sessions as far as like the battling and whatever but i'm excited about it uh i thought nocturne was really good the the remaster of the playstation 2 game on switch i never beat it but i really want to go back and play the rest of it but but yeah i mean no more heroes uh I say, try, I mean, they're all on Switch, all of them. So you play one. You could play, get one for like $20 or something like that. I do recommend if you have Spotify, I think it's still there, or you can do it on YouTube. But listen to the soundtrack for No More Heroes 3 because it's fantastic. It's so good. Like, it's, uh, I would buy it if I could, but it's only, I think it's only available to stream. So you can't actually purchase it anywhere, but it's really good. They do like full, uh, you know, there's like full, uh, there's like a rap song. They have like a rap theme for sushi when you buy sushi where they sing about they're basically singing about sushi rolls but rapping it it's I love it. If if you listen to uh listen to last week get last week's episode at the very end of the episode I put that rap battle in there as well that uh tra- that uh, Travis does with that lady before he kills her. So it's just it's it's a, it's a delight through and through. Uh no more heroes is. I am seeing a no more heroes playlist on Spotify. Uh the, yeah I know that they have no more heroes three soundtrack was put on there so i would listen to that and that's that but let's let's take a break real quick and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the rest of jeremy stuff and we'll also talk a little bit about the news as well so stay tuned Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Nintendo main expansion pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo main. 
Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. Whoa. 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 He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. Ah! Ah, patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Game over. I do. I do want to mention one thing before before we get into Jeremy stuff that I did. Uh, it's kind of an anecdote, I guess, too story. But um, I, I did buy a PlayStation Four game, the which you know I don't normally. I bought it. I bought a new PlayStation Four game. I bought a Psychonauts two for Jess oh. because she's a huge fan of Psychonauts. So I bought that for her as a present on Friday, and uh, uh, I didn't know that the game didn't come out physically. So I went to so I went to Best Buy to try to buy like to actually like buy the game to like give it to her as a present to be like hey you know and I felt kind of dumb because uh well I, I number one I went to this Best Buy this is the one that uh, John's old roommate Otis used to work at and the same Best Buy that John waited uh, outside for like three days for the Wii and all that stuff and uh, I went in there and there's like nothing there like <laughs> they have. They have no Switch games whatsoever. Like I, I sent a picture, uh, I, I sent a picture to Jeremy and John on the Slack, but their their Switch section is just an empty, just empty shelves. There's no games in it whatsoever. So uh, <laughs> it was like okay, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, and I went there, and I and they had like maybe like six PS4 games, maybe like two PS5 games, and I'm like, where's the uh, Psychonauts? And I and then I looked it up online, and I'm like, "Oh wait, it didn't. They didn't even release it physically." So, and so I just left, and I was like, "Wow, that's dumb." So I just, I, I just bought the game, and I downloaded it, and then I just printed off a picture of it, and then just gave that to her, and it's like, "Here, have, here, I bought this for you." So that's how, that's how I made it into a gift. But, but it's cool. It's, it's a, it's a fun game. We've been playing some of it. So, it, it does take a long time to load. That's why I was thinking about the, the benefits of having a PS5 because it does. Uh, the load times are quite long in that game. It'd be nice if they sure. went there. And also, I know it's, it's free on Game Pass as well if you have an Xbox because it's it is because it was produced yeah, by I, Xbox. So there you go. Yeah, I it's uh it's on my Series X or yeah, it's on my Series X. I haven't played it yet, but I plan on it. It's uh it feels uh I mean it's you know it's weird playing that and No More Heroes three. It's like two uh you know sequels to games that uh that to older games that still feel the same as they did from the other versions. You know, it's like kind of the same. It plays exactly like it did on. Well, it plays better than it did on PlayStation Two, but the same. But the controls are the same. Like you still do the same thing, you know, and all the same abilities and all that are in there. I never got to the original Psychonauts because it glitched out so much on my PlayStation Two that I just ended up kind of getting frustrated with it. But I, uh, I think I have it on Steam. I think I got it through Steam at some point, and I just never, maybe never even opened it. So I do have Psychonaut, the original Psychonauts, but I actually, for a second there, thought about. Uh, buy and Psychonauts two this past week as well because uh, I was on vacation. So, so you thought about yes. buying games for vacation? 
Yeah, so I don't know if you were done saying, yeah, no, talking about that, Psychonauts. No, that's all I said that I got it. That's all. That kind of moves me into this week, which I was on vacation this week. Uh, I've taken a proper vacation since July of 2019, um, where I was gone for more than just a few days. You know, I've taken some time off. I haven't been going that hard. But uh, also, I was off for six weeks at the beginning of the pandemic, but I don't count that because <laughs> well, I mean, that was just we all were existential terror. <laughs> yeah, we were kind of forced to. But, but, uh, so during the during the period of time I've been off, I actually was gone all weekend at a music festival, which was really cool. So I don't really need to get too much into it. There's really not a lot to it other than we were camping. And the, it was a really small music festival. You had to be either vaccinated or have a, a, a COVID test from like within the last, I think it was 72 hours, you know, proving you were negative. Um, so there might have been a thousand people there but it was super spread out not everybody was at every show you know and you could really like everything was outside so it was really easy to like keep yourself spaced out and then you know they had like porta potties and stuff so i'd like make sure i was masked up when i'd go in the porta potty mainly because of the smell but um. (laughs) oh porta potties yeah i haven't been in one of those for quite some time but it was great we were literally we could see this one of the two stages from our tent. Like we could just sit next to our tent in our chair and just watch the show. Like it was so cool. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, that's nice. Not a lot of bands that I'm like super pumped about. It was mostly like folk and uh, well, not even folk. It was mostly like bluegrass, and then there was like jam and stuff. Because I mean, come on, this is a isn't that a music festival? Isn't that that show that she goes to like every summer or something like that? Like that wasn't last uh, year. You said so there was something that was camp. kind of a. There's yeah. like a sort of a more like folky. It's called shoe. Yeah, it's stuff. called shoe fest, mm-hmm. and it's it's super chill. I mean, like as far as other music festivals, like you wouldn't have kids there, but people bring their kids to this one. Or I mean, some people do, but like you see a lot of kids. You see dogs. Like they allow dogs, which is pretty cool. So they're like dogs running around everywhere. I mean, you have to keep them leashed up, but I got to see a bunch of cool dogs, and it was a really good time. And uh, and so first and foremost just was happy to like unplug for a few days and not have my phone on me all the time and even though i really kind of missed video games it was nice to just see some music and you, you didn't and you didn't play it all and you, you didn't play like uh the switch in the under the stars and just for the i didn't even it, bring it oh wow yeah I, t- I told myself this time i wasn't even going to bring any sort of gaming so I guess I could have played a little bit of Fantasia on my phone if I really wanted to, but my phone was like dying and I didn't have a way to charge it. So it was great. I had a great time. Um, I recommend unplugging for a little while if you can. I mean, I won't be able to do it again for a little while, but this was great. So uh, right before I went camping and shortly after we finished recording last week, I beat Skyward Sword, so I thought that was worth mentioning because I actually forgot. We never actually really, I mean, we talked about it on our Patreon-only episode, but yeah, we didn't really mention it on here. So I just want to make sure it's canon within the within the Nintendo main, mainline episodes that I finished Skyward Sword. I did it very, very shortly after your last episode. I mean, it had to have been within an hour. I actually finished it, and... Um, I'm done. I'm not going back to that game ever. <laughs> you destroyed. Ever. You destroyed demise. He is uh, demised. Or There's no. I have no desire to go back and do side quests. Get all the pieces of heart. I mean, I did all the side quests I wanted to before I beat it. So 
I'm good. I'm good on that game. Bye. Bye. <laughs> no more. Yeah. Yes. So you. So yeah. Now you have beaten all of those. Elements, In fact, right? I bought. I bought a physical version of it. So who knows? I might even sell. It. That's how much I don't want to play it again. Wow. Okay. You would even like do away with it. You'd be like. Yeah, it's away such a with bad you. game. My, uh, <laughs> but my, the dungeons are cool, but the rest of the game pretty much sucks. My Skyward Sword, I bought in Abu Dhabi, so I am keeping it just because I bought it in a different country. Oh, I'll keep it. That, that was, I mean, that was the main reason. We talked about it before. That was the main reason that I bought it was just to because I wanted to buy a physical game from Abu Dhabi just because I was there. <laughs> and Skyward Sword was the only one that was uh, appropriately priced. So Plus, I wanted to play it because people were talking about it you know, on the internet and all that. And I enjoyed it for the most part. I just felt like it, uh, it, uh, you know, we talked about it before. It has way too much fluff. It's a very, yep. it's got a lot of, it, it could be, it could have been cut in half and it would be a lot better if they would have cut a lot of the fetch quest bullshit that they make you do. And yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that could have just not been in there. It would have been a better game. It's a good game. I mean, it's not a terrible game. It's just because of its pedigree, it's not a great game. You know, if this game would have been made by a third party at the same time in history and been this polished and had this, you know, it would be a cult classic. Yeah. But because it was made by Nintendo and it was a mainline Zelda game. Yeah. It kind of <laughs> <kinda> sucks. <laughs> yeah, sure. Is, isn't it, isn't it in terms of the, the uh, Zelda timeline, which I know is debated anyway, but in the Zelda timeline, isn't Skyward Sword the first game? It is. That is, yeah, that is the, um, that's, well, uh, it's the yeah, official Sky- Hyrule Historia. Well, Skyward Sword, yeah, like basically came out right around the time of Hyrule Historia. So they were like, this is the first one. This is like the first time they were actually like trying to like put them in specific times, you know, where I always thought that I didn't care, you know, I figured, I figured it was like the Final Fantasy games. It's like, whatever. It has like similar themes, but they don't have to connect. Like every, I never felt like the Legend of Zelda games needed to connect at all. I just, you know, like you have a link, you got Zelda, you got Ganon, you know, it's fine. They don't need to, we don't need a timeline, you know, but this was at the time where they were pushing the Historia and all that. So it was like, this was, so that was one of the big appeals about Skyward Sword was like, this is the first one. This is the beginning, the beginning of the Zelda world or whatever. So, so that means the entire history of Zelda, there's, it's been, it's in a world where there's already been Groose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Groose is a I actually like Groose. Of, I mean, I, I love Groose. I think Groose is a descendant but... of the Sheikah. I think it's never confirmed in the game, but I get I, I get the impression he was an ancestor of. Well, Papa. well, actually, I saw I saw something on Twitter that reminded me of that thought. Was I think Nintendo posted something asking if Groose was the original the original Gerudo, the very first uh, Gerudo male or whatever, which was became Ganon later because of the red hair, I guess. Wow. Okay. So, so maybe so, eventually so, it's kind of like a. But actually, they started out as friends. But wouldn't but, they uh, but, enemies. but that actually could work maybe in your theory as well too, because isn't Impa Gerudo or no? Hmm. Because I, I guess because if according Impa, to Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Okay. So then you're both right. Yeah. So Nintendo was saying mm-hmm. that that Groose could be the one of the first Gerudo males, and uh, that would also make him related to Impa in some way, right? Because they're both Gerudo. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's. It's all there in the head cannon or whatever. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just happy for it to be over. Oh, what did you want to say, John? No, I, I was, well, I, I wanted you to finish your thought. And I was going to say that I have not played the switch version, uh, but there was this period of time in the early teens where I was on a stretch of unemployment and back to back to back 
I played um, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker HD, and Skyward Sword. All three within like the period of like two months, three months. There you go. I was a. Uh, I played. You are very, very determined. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like I. Did Wind Waker is great, but the other two are slogs. Yeah, I mean, well, before right before Breath of the Wild came out, I did actually play through half of of Skyward Sword, just because I was anticipating Breath of the Wild and I wanted to play whatever the last Zelda was that came out, and that was, you know, of the 3D ones, that was that one. So that's what I was playing. And I think I still liked it for the most part from the first half, but I think a lot of the fluff stuff is towards the end, so is in the second half of it. But whatever. I don't know. I was mostly intrigued by it because, like I was saying before about like the PS5 and no loading, they did like cut down the loading a lot in this one compared to the Wii one, and mm. and I do think it looks pretty. I think that you know I think it looks good, even though some of the I do think Link looks weird, like from an art style uh, standpoint, but. I think the world looks good. I think the colors really pop, and I think it looks nice. I think he looks less weird than he. I think it looks way less weird than he did in uh, Twilight Princess. We'll at least give him that. I think this is. I think the Skyward Sword is the weirdest looking Link out of all of them. Really? Really? But he he doesn't got that big old butt that he had in Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) But look at his. (laughs) It's his face though. His face looks so strange, and like the colors, Twilight Princess, his skin, and all that. I don't know. This dude does squats a lot of squats. <laughs> I think I think I think uh, Twilight Princess has got the the better Link aesthetic, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, right. me too. I see uh, how it is. I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Let's just uh, cast it skyward and hope it flies off into space <laughs> and eventually into the sun. <laughs> skyward Sword is gone. I'm done with it. No more Skyward Sword. Uh, so, what have you played after that? Now that you can finally move on to other I played games. stuff still in spite of yeah the three days I was off uh, and there's other stuff I was trying to do around the house because I finally had a chance to do it just chore type things that are not fun to talk about nor do so I'll just leave that part out but I bought uh, GTA 5 on the PS4 uh, uh, I think yeah, kind of being inspired by the <laughs> being inspired by the, oh, by the rumors rumor. yeah this is yeah this is the third time I've purchased this game so I'm that's like Getting the same. Right on that. That's the same thing that I did with Saints Row Four, which I've actually never mentioned on this show, just because I have yet to play it. <laughs> I bought it like three weeks ago, and I've just never even started it yet, just because. But it was on sale. It was like tw- yeah. it was thirteen dollars, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I got. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I, I got GTA Five. So there you go. Yeah, I got it for fifteen bucks. So whatever. I mean, I have it on the three sixty, but just. The thought of hooking up my 360 and then listening to that loud ass hum because it's like a first generation 360. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't really feel like doing it and finding batteries and blah blah blah. And I was like, I kind of want to play GTA 5. I do have it on Steam, so so you 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 must have found your. I could have just played right? on my computer. You, you, I did. You found your plug for your PS4 because yeah, you said you hadn't even had it on because you had lost the you yeah. lost the power cable. So yeah, I got my PS4 back, hooked back up. So like, yeah, I was kind of like celebrating that I bought GTA Five instead of playing Cyberpunk, which is still sealed. <laughs> I've not opened Cyberpunk. Oh, you got to though. You got to try it out. I will. Yeah. I want to make a character and at least have the the fun of like doing the creative character and seeing the dildos and stuff. Like, I, I mean, I paid the ten bucks price of admission. I, I need to see the dildos. <laughs> I just want to. Yeah, I just want to know how how well it runs. I don't know. It's supposed yeah, to run I, not great, but I would like. I to guess hear your one of the of main reasons I'm reticent to to start playing it is because I'm just expecting like all these huge patches, downloads, and stuff. Like it's going to make me delete a bunch of crap, which 
I mean, I barely play my PS4, so I can get rid of some stuff, but <laughs> downloading that stuff takes a while too. So what if I want to play it again? I mean, these are huge ass files. Guess what I deleted to put to put Psychonauts 2 on PS4? Um Metal Gear Solid. I no, I, I don't have that on there. I I, I deleted uh, t- Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. It's funny because oh, okay. I, I just downloaded it to play it again, and I never played it, and I just deleted it again to put Psychonauts Two on there. It's just, it's funny to me because I was inspired to play it again when you guys were talking about it, and I never did, and then I just deleted it again because it was like, whatever, it's fine. Not being well, I've only I've probably played two or three hours of it. I just played through some of the early missions. I haven't done anything too major, but I discovered the codes. I mean, I remember the codes rather. So I've actually just been spending a lot of time acting like an asshole and kind of getting some frustration out and stealing cop cars and doing all the fun stuff that they let you do in GTA five. So that's why I was saying I was uh, at the top of the show that I've been, you know, taking it easy, but also stealing cars. <laughs> and it's been very cathartic, therapeutic to like kind of try to find a spot I can get and get my, um, all the way up to five stars and get to where they can't even get up to me which was kind of fun. I was like up on this roof kind of behind a billboard and the only things that could hurt me were the helicopters, but I had the exploding bullets coat on. So I was just hitting them with like one round of my, you know, one of my auto automatic weapons and then the whole thing would explode. I'm just like, this is great. (laughs) I just did that for a little while. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm bored now. I'm going to try to play some actual missions again, but it's a fine game. I, I know it's it's a polarizing game, especially on this podcast, but I don't mind it, and it, and I've bought it three times now, so I must like it. <laughs> I mean, it's on so many it's on so many systems, so you can buy true. it many times. I still can't. It's believe the Skyrim it. of. Well, it's just a, it's a Skyrim type thing. It's the Skyrim of GTA, whatever. It's it's, it's Skyrim of GTA. You have to you have to remind everybody that it was a PS3 game. Like some people forget that, but yeah, whatever that's coming out for PS5 yeah i mean soon. it was it was a swan song of that generation i mean for real it was, i forgot uh, that it was on ps3 i thought it started i thought it first appeared on ps4 i went out and bought it on the 360 and it was fairly certain it was the only brand new game i ever bought for the 360 like i, I jumped on the 360 train like very very late the only version i played i think i played it on 360 because i think that's what brandon had my roommate brandon was playing it but yeah, it and came I played out it like a, like for thirteen. I want to say seconds because he was like, "Here, conquer the mountain," and we mm. ride the mountain, whatever. It's fun, still. I mean, and it looks great on the PS4. Like I was playing it, and Shauna saw me play it. And she's like, "That looks really realistic." Like she doesn't often co- comment on the graphics of a game I'm playing, but I was out in the ocean, kind of swimming around. She's like, "That water looks really realistic." I was like, "Yeah, this is a good looking game." Like, and this was like a remaster. You know, this the one I'm playing is a remaster of the original and now there's been like there's another remaster maybe there's two because i think the pc version might have been another well no i think the pc version came out at the same time who knows who cares i played it (laughs) yeah i have it it's on my ps4 i'm just i guess i I guess maybe kind of preparing myself for if i do actually get a hold of a ps5 eventually i'm starting to try to like my ps4 maybe you're trying to convince yourself you're trying to convince yourself to buy it is, is what you're trying to do yeah, because I got the PS4 which, you know, like a couple of months after I got the Switch. So launch day, I got the Switch. Bought the PS4 like a month or two later. So that's how long I've had it, and I'm still trying to convince myself it's great. I mean, uh, yeah. 
I just, I, it's fine. I don't know. I just, I, because most of the stuff I play is all based around doing research for this show. I just play switch games. It's, it's for the most part, you know, I did play a little Same. bit of PS4 stuff during the pandemic, but I'm actually on the other side. I'm, I'm very adamant about telling myself to not get a PS5 because my PS4, I barely used it. I don't need, I don't need any other system, you know, especially with all the games on switch that I've been playing. So, well, I will, I, I will say something to that. Cause my, my Xbox one X and my PS4 pro both had so much, uh, they were both so neglected. Uh, they're still neglected that I, I like to say that there was so much dust on them. I could write switch was here in the dust. Sure. <laughs> uh, and so I was worried about getting a series X and a PS five for that reason. But since getting them, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm still spending at least 50%, more than 50% of my total time playing Switch, but it's not the degree that it was. Like, you know, before PS5 and before Series X, I was literally spending like 95 to 99% of my time, total game time on Switch. And now it's down to 60%, you know, 65%, something like that. So it's still d the dominant system, but by so much less of an extreme degree. And my Series X, my PS5 is getting less use, but my Series X is getting pretty significant use, especially now that I'm back on rocket league and hooked on that again, you know? So does your family play it as well? I know you said your wife was helping you secure the PS five at least. Oh no. She's just helping me because she knew how badly yeah. I wanted it. She, she games purely out of nostalgia. So you give, you put her in front of a Nintendo or a super Nintendo. She'll play okay. for, and 64. She'll play for a little while, but um, Chloe, my daughter, my teenage daughter, actually we have GTA five because uh, when she was 12, she wanted it for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so we got it for her. She played it for like a couple hours and then decided she wasn't a gamer. <laughs> uh, maybe she just, maybe she just didn't like GTA. <laughs> I mean, there's, well, you know, the game game spectrum is very wide. Sure. She, she does Minecraft and that's about it. Uh, Minecraft, basically. Uh, and then my three-year-old, he's, he's not old enough to play, but he sure wants to. So right. he'll get a controller. And I'm trying to train him on Super Mario Brothers, you know, because I have a good one the game and watch, you know, anniversary mm -hmm. one, and I'll just give it to him and let him play. And he's, he's slowly starting to pick it up. I'll say slowly. it's a hard, it's a, probably hard for That's three, pretty cute. for three years old to get, I mean, you know, these games are difficult. Super Mario Brothers first. Sure. But yeah, sure. but yeah, no, but that's cool. I mean, do you have the, the game and watch just. That's a great use now. for it too. Cause like, I'm thinking about like all these game and watches that people bought that are just sitting there, like mine being one of the, one of those, like, people just being like collectors that just have to have it. And like, it's great. You're letting your kid play it, man. That's what mm -hmm. should be happening with that system. Mm -hmm. And also that's a formative game. I mean, that's my first game I ever beat. So the thought of a, a three-year-old playing it, maybe eventually beating it, you know, at a young age as well, like just warms my heart. It's well, I, you know, get them when they're young. <laughs> yeah. And maybe don't make him play GTA GTA Five first. That's, that's not. <laughs> Here you go. Here's GTA Five. <laughs> Figure it out, three year old. Uh. <laughs> Daddy, what's the man doing? <laughs> well, I got some other purchases uh, uh, this week. I uh, went to disc. Di disc. I went to disc replay. Right before disc nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I went to disc replay uh, because we. We actually went to Five Below, which just opened in our town. Oh, you got you got one of those Five Belows. Yeah, we, we, we have finally got a Five Below. We have some of those here, right? Well, I I remember John, uh, uh, uh you know, our uh, John Knitter. He said, um, 
Remember, he found like a bunch of uh, Animal Crossing amiibo there at Five Below for mm. like a for nothing, and he bought some from there. I got these. I got these Pac-Man socks. There you go. So there, there is some video game stuff there. I saw some Nintendo stuff, but nothing. No amiibo. I was, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping to see amiibo or some like crappy 3ds games or something but there's like some pokemon figures that were not i mean they were maybe they were licensed by nintendo but they weren't amiibo and then there was like just random stuff like there was for sure there was a a a nintendo presence to me like that probably wouldn't have been there before the switch like the switch has got that trickle down effect for now the discount stores are carrying nintendo merch so that's pretty cool. Um, the hotness. The, uh, the best buy that I went to, um, this was the amiibo that they had. They had like 10 different Squirtle. They had twi- 10 that was it. Squirtle amiibos. That's the only one they had. So, I mean, uh, which you bought one. What, I mean, this, I bought this one years ago when it first came out, you know. But that's, you know, speaking of amiibo, that was the amiibo that I found there. Was uh, I was like, oh, they, because I, I thought they might have something. I was like, oh, Squirtle. Okay. Maybe they reissued it or something. I haven't bought an amiibo in a while. Uh, I think the last one I bought were the Mario Odyssey ones, but I did have a good time showing. Um, speaking of Metopia, N- Nintendo fan Jesus, all of my Metopia or all my uh, amiibos. Um, and speaking of Five Below, uh, we have a bunch of the. We we have like, gosh, at least three of them here in Metro Des Moines, and I've we I'm just got our first Five Below in Champaign Urbana, and it was exciting. And I guess it was like I didn't go opening night but shauna sure did and she was like, <laughs> really was to crazy. five below yeah i mean the, people here just get i guess she, she was like really into like a dollar store and stuff like that right well and we were we were trying places. to get we were getting the last of the stuff for our camping trip so it's like well we still need toothpaste and sunscreen and like all this other stuff like that you can pick up like travel size or find cheaper at these kind of stores so we were just kind of rounding out our shopping list while also i finally got to go to a five below after years of talking about it i don't know that i've ever gone to one because i don't th- i don't think i really really realized what they were I, I never I, just, I never went to one it's either. a lot like a, a curated it's like it's like a i don't know maybe i'm gonna sound dumb in the future like looking back at myself saying this <laughs> but it's almost like a vintage shop versus a, a thrift store like it's just like it's a dollar store kind of thingy but it's really well curated They've got like these really well done sections, you know, like you go to the electronic section and like you might do that at big lots, but it's just like a, a wall of random pegboards that they change around all the time. Well, here it's like a whole aisle and like everything's like nice and neatly and like little, you know, the, the presentation of it all is like not discount store level, but so would it everything's be fair- $5 or below. Okay. So would it be fair to say it's like dollar general, but cool or alternately it's like Goodwill, but everything's new exactly yeah okay it's like i don't know i still i kind of feel like if you went to like a vintage shop it's a thrift store still but they charge a lot more for one but they also like you know whoever owns it is curated like well these are these pieces i think are really nice that i have in my collection rather than here's all my all the shit i have in my garage like (laughs) pick through it you know okay which is how i feel going to like a, a dollar general or like a even a big lots, especially a big lots, because big lots kind of specializes in overstock kind of things or like experimental experimental products that didn't like go over well. You'll find a lot of weird cereal and stuff there. But anyway, I finally went to five below, but that's beside the point because what about disc replay though? Disc replay is next door to it. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's like now that's the new spot. I've said that's the new spot in town. I'm gonna go there. I gotta go there. It's there's a Target near there too. I hardly ever go to Target, but Target's right by it too. So that's kind of like the little happening spot in Champaign Urbana for me at least right now. But while I was a disc replay, I bought at the top of the the uh, show. I I said my name was Billy Bob. Wait, what did I say? Billy Bob Hopper. Because I bought this game. I have that game. Deadly Creatures. I've, I've wanted this game for years. I don't I, know I beat, if I ever I, I beat like, that game. I played it all the way through. It's a good. It's. A, I thought it was a good game at the time when it came out. Did you ever play that game, it John? Yet. It's where you. No. Uh, it's it's a uh, yeah Deadly Creatures. It was a game for Wii. Uh, Wii exclusive. And yeah, you play you play a scorpion or you play a tarantula, and you're basically on the ground while this bigger story is happening above you. And yeah, there's the voices of Dennis Harper. Den- was it Dennis Hopper and Billy Bob Thornton or the voices on there? Yep. And there's like a murder mystery that's going on behind you or whatever. And you're like, a, yeah. And it's, I thought it was really cool at the time. It's, it's been a game that I've wanted to stream for like for Halloween time for a while, but I haven't gotten around to it, but I actually have it out, like set out over here in my stream area to want to want to play it again. But I really enjoyed it when it came out. I thought it was cool. But I, I haven't had a chance to play I, it yet. I like the way they, the tarantula moved. It was the animation was cool. This is just one of those games that's so weird. I just I always wanted it, but I never wanted to like pay like all uh, that much for how it. How much so was I think it? I paid like I think I paid ten bucks for it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's totally worth ten bucks. Like at I mean, this point, not, yeah, I was like, game, I want to buy a Wii game. I didn't think There's... it was a bad game. Yeah. Such a strange concept. I mean, it, it's it put. This may sound like I'm trying to make a pun, and I love puns, but I'm not. It really is kind of like this strange play on the whole fly on the wall thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, it's it, it was a really interesting idea, like a, for like a yeah a murder, but but the insects that are witnessing this, and you kind of like <laughs> move through these levels, and you see things in the background, but you're they're not insects. Insect, but, well, whatever the creatures that you are, they they're not really a part of this. It's just something you see in the background, and it's it's kind of cool. <laughs> I love the concept of that. I, that's so so weird. I love it. I've been. This is one of those games where I've been low key. I wouldn't say obsessed with it, but just kind of fixated on it. Like, oh, yeah, you thought. What about is this it. game? I remember hearing about it. I've thought about it for years. Like, I actually thought it was a GameCube game for a while. There, I was like in my head. I like. I thought I remembered it coming out of the GameCube, so I'd always. But I saw it. I grabbed it. I'm like, I finally own this game. So I'll try to play it sometime this week. And talk about it on the show, or at least get an impression from it, or maybe it, it's good. Likewise, now that I have it, we could play it on Halloween time together. Like I said, it's good Halloween fodder. Like it's it's been in my uh, I don't know, every Halloween I tried it. Well, when I used to stream more, I've just haven't because I've been so busy. But uh, when I, I would always try to find like Halloween theme games, and that was one that I had on there for a while, and I just never got around to playing it again. But I'd like to. Sean found a Just Dance game on the Wii as well. I can't remember which one it is, but she grabbed it. They had Just Dance, I think it was Just Dance 2019 there. It was like 50 bucks wow. used. So my I, my thought being that obviously these Wii games like Just Dance and I think that's the only one anymore that like they kept releasing Wii games like well after the system was it was uh, null and void like they're rare. Like maybe grab one of those if you see it. Maybe I should have grabbed that one and just held on to it. It might be worth a lot of money someday for people that are trying to get complete collections. They're gonna come after these really rare but crappy games. But Shauna likes Just Dance. I'm not trying to talk shit about it. 
a lot, uh, a lot, of, pe- one... a lot of people do. They're still making them, you know. So right, they were making them for Wii for a long time because people kept buying them. So you know. And speaking of dance, and uh, we don't necessarily have to do a live unboxing. It was an idea I had, but I bought a sealed game at Disc Replay. Oh, you can show it to us. Still sealed. <laughs> dance Dance Revolution 2 for the Wii with the dance mat. Oh, wow. So now I have two dance mats. I can now play two-player DDR on both GameCube and the Wii. The, uh, the, the still ca- sealed. The case of it almost looks too small to fit a dance mat in there. I guess they really packed it in there. Like it looks, yeah, it's in there. It looks kind of small. I mean, it, it, this is just my own right me- there. my own memory. No, I believe it's in there. I was saying, me, I I just remember like the Mario Mix one looking bigger than that. But I mean, I you know, that's just my memory. But a few weeks ago, I spoke about this game specifically, Dance Dance Revolution Two. I actually already own this game, and I'm pretty sure I paid like ten bucks for it. Also at disc replay. Uh, so, do you want this one, <laughs> Trey? Do I want Dance Dance Revolution Two? I don't know. Do you want it? Do you want it for the Wii? Because I'm going to have an extra copy now. I bought this for the gamepad. <laughs> I, I don't. Obviously, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not even really sure where my GameCube gamepad is. Uh, possibly, I guess the uh, just the disc. No, no gamepad. I don't think there's any reason to do an unboxing online. I mean, I thought it might be kind of fun if we had time for it, but yeah. it's just going to be a bunch of papers and packaging, yeah. and we all know what's in there already. But brand new dance pad? mat. Is the dance yeah. mat the same size as the old NES track and field mat? That I don't know. Okay, because if so, that box looks dimensions. like the right size for me. If it's well, like the, it's folded yeah. up. In I think there. I think it is. But yeah, I think it is about. Uh, I think it's size. quartered. I, so imagine this times four. Yeah, it's probably about. Yeah, the idea. No, it just, it just looks a reference. It just looks smaller than the uh, Mario Mix one that I had, but maybe that one's bigger. I don't know. Wait, Coors Light is a reference. <laughs> okay, for scale. Okay. But yeah, this was twenty bucks, and it's sealed, and now I can play two-player DDR. So my there you go. dance, my or rather my music corner, continues to become more and more of a thing every day. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, on this mission to collect all of the music games. Yeah, I want there to be a whole corner of my house where I can be like, let's go play music games, and like that's where you go. Like it'll be set up like a CRT. Where all the plastic guitars are right, and you can play. Guitar Hero 1 through 4, which I have all of them on different systems. Yeah, and then you can play uh, DDR and uh, Donkey Konga and eventually like Karaoke Revolution and stuff like that. So it's just my, my partner really loves music video games and I love video games and I love when she plays video games with me. So I just kind of been trying to get this whole music thing going for us. And then also when friends come over, it's a really fun way to to it's goof off and it's have a, a few drinks thing. yeah sure we usually when we do party when we do, well we haven't done a lot of get togethers during covid but when we Same. do get togethers we mostly just do jackbox yeah mm-hmm. i mean jackbox was i mean well i haven't had anybody jackbox is during covid times i haven't had anybody actually over to play games so i mean i don't know what what we what that would be we had sean's brother over which he's they're in a band together where they both sing so like they both love to sing, so that's why we have all the SingStar games, and that's kind of how that all got started, because he wanted to play SingStar with her, but I, we, I only had the one game, so they went and bought like five more at Disc Replay. That's awesome. Gotta get that yeah. Let's, gotta get let's Sing. The Wii Disc one. Replay needs to sponsor one. my ass. I talk about them so much. <laughs> Let them um, know. Tell them, so, about, tell them about the show. What about, uh, what about Garden Story? 
I haven't. That was the big one. I was going to talk about Garden Story, but one one thing I did to want to mention real quick is that I bought. You know, I mentioned on the show I bought Garfield Caught in the Act on impulse. Oh yeah, Sega Genesis because I was listening to the Retrodots podcast. I finally I finally hooked it up today. Does it work? Yeah, works great. I was going to ask you. So, uh, so I listened to that same podcast because uh, the thing that sucked about the the wrestling thing that I was talking about earlier is that um, the arena that it's in is actually not in Chicago. It's like an hour away. So I drove a lot. <laughs> I basically drove like hour, two hours there and back. You know, so I listened to a lot of podcasts, and I listened to the Garfield podcast, and I was wondering, have you thought about getting the Garfield? Uh, cart game on switch <laughs> have you considered no. that okay because i thought about it for a second just because it's on sale for another hour it's a 750 marked down from 30 dollars, and i'm just putting just putting that out there that's all if you, no. if, you if you wanted to throw some money at some garbage i mean i end up spending Garfield like 10 stuff. bucks on this yeah so i spent more on this but i'll probably play them both about the same as i would which is zero so I play this one for about five minutes. It's a really good looking game. Like the, the the Garfield sprite is like the best looking Garfield I've seen in playable form. But it just seems like a really kind of like, even though it looks good, it still has a really chaotic feel to it as a platformer. And it reminded me a lot of Bubsy, to be honest. Like it's not just because I'm a, a cartoon cat, but <laughs> also because there's just like really weird collision detection and like, enemies that just behave super erratically and you want to learn their pattern but it doesn't really seem like they have much of one or if they do it's all within like a certain like randomosity and i don't know i don't know if i'm willing to put what it takes into this game to like really get far into it but if there's some sort of cheat mode or codes or something i might play it a little more the good news is that i finally got my sega hooked up which i was having the same trouble that i was having with the uh ps4 where i didn't know where all my components were and i also have two different models of the genesis so i was like well here's the uh ac you know here's the ac adapter here's the rf switch cool oh wait this doesn't work with this one this doesn't work with this one so i eventually had to like kind of go down and like go through all my shit that i haven't unpacked yet to eventually find the perfect combination of both where i could have a working sega genesis with all of my adapters i found and so that's hooked up to my TV now. So I'm happy to say I can play Sega Genesis whenever I want on this bad boy right here. Woohoo. Fits so many Sega Genesis games in that. Genesis. I just, just for the fun of it, I went to GameFAQs and uh, <laughs> there is a AC up, down, upright is a stage skip code. Oh, so cool. you can skip through all the, you can go and look at all the stages if you want to. There's I at also, least want to uh, check out all the sprites. These are really, really good looking sprites. Like the, the the one I got to the boss on the first level, which is Count, like it's like a Dracula based stage, but it's like Count Drool or something like that. It's obviously it's Drool, Odie. Drool the, who is him? Drulkila, that's right. And it's it, but it looks great. Like that looks like the Odie I remember from the cartoons, you know, growing up. So there, the, um, the, there's passwords on here for. Uh, some of the levels level two and four is missing for some reason, but uh, there's passwords for the other ones on here on game on, on good old game facts. I mean, I figured there'd be some sort of sheet cheats for it. Cool. Well, uh, let's move on to the game I played the most this week, which was garden story. So I feel like I bought this a few weeks ago and didn't really have a lot to say about it because I was so preoccupied by Zelda. And then also just working a lot and kind of like getting ready for vacation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Kitty schmackety. 
But here I am this week. I had time to play Garden Story finally, and it takes a little bit to get into it. I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, if you don't want to look up, if you don't want to look up uh, some si- some sort of guide, there is definitely like a you know like a bar- I don't know if I'd call it a barrier entry, but barrier of entry. But you just got to like you got to figure out how it works, and it's it doesn't work the same way as what it looks like. Uh, Stardew Valley. It looks like it would be a lot like Stardew Valley, and it is, but I'd say it's more of an adventure game than a sim. It kind of positioned itself to be like a sim more than it is, I think. You're really just kind of like completing tasks, but in the meantime, you're building up something to open up the dungeon in each town. Each town has a dungeon. The first town, it's a library that ends up being the dungeon. You know, The second one, it's like just building out by the beach. So I've beaten two bosses and I'm actually on the fourth town and you're kind of like unlocking the map as you go. What's really cool about this game is that um, you're really kind of like a vegetable. (laughs) You're literally a grape, but you're kind of like saving all of the, the forest, all the vegetation, but it presents it as though you were a character actually going around and being a guardian. So it's got, it's, there's definitely a message here about like how the ecosystem, each element of ecosystems is important because each place you go to is having a problem based on some sort of thing. Like, well, you know, it's all based on these creatures called the rot. They're like these blobs. And I think I talked about that a little bit last week, but they're just kind of like ruining everything. But, Every town has a guardian, but they also have like a an architect. And the architect's really important because they're the reason the villages exist in the first place. And so you're kind of like you start out by like pursuing your architect for your town to a different town. You find out well the reason he's there is because they lost their architect. So then you have to go find that architect and you're kind of like that's sort of been the loop so far that I'm kind of like rescuing the next town's architect in the town before it was filling in for them, you know? And as a result, the town I was just in is kind of like hurting because they have an architect, but it's not the same one that's used to the, the uh, aesthetic of the place and, you know, how everything works. But yeah, it's, it's really, on one hand, I feel like it's kind of hard to explain, but it's really not like the dungeons feel a lot like, Star Tropics, which you might like, Trey. Uh, yeah, I saw that. A lot uh, of like, I do. A I lot do of like, like uh, yeah, a lot of uh, like tile-based puzzles where you have to jump on every tile to open the next door to get to the next room. Are, are there? Are you there know. like foot? Are there uh, like uh, foot switches? No, like uh, the Star Tropics. <laughs> it's. I already think about it as far as like. like Honestly, I mean, there's not even jumping in this. So the the comparison is kind of loose. It's more like I just kind of wonder, like seeing it, this feels like. It could have been a Game Boy game or maybe like Game Boy Color, you know, like it kind of feels like a a Zelda like game from that era. The story is really, really vague. Like there's a good story to it. I think you can like unlock lore and I think there's more to it there that I haven't looked into. But the characters themselves don't have a lot to say. They're really one dimensional and they kind of move from place to place and just kind of like lead you on a very linear story. But it's really charming. It's really, the music's really nice. The environments look really nice. You know, like I said, it's got a very Stardew aesthetic. And uh, as far as I can tell, all the characters are 
gender neutral, which kind of makes sense because they're just like vegetables. They're like, grapes. But yeah. I thought that was kind of <laughs> well, cool. That they yeah, don't, yeah. as far as I can remember, and I could be wrong because there's also frogs in this. So maybe the frogs they refer to with gendered pro- pronouns, but for the most part, like all characters are completely gender neutral in all their references. And like, I didn't even notice, like I'd just been playing it for a while. Then I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a second. They said they just call this character. They, and then I realized, and then like in that whole like chain of conversation, like this character is they and that character is they. So I'm not sure if that was something they did intentionally. I mean, I'm sure they did it intentionally, but if that was any sort of like to, to make it, you know, currently relevant and, in the atmosphere now or if it was just well they're vegetables so they don't need to have a gender you know whatever it was i think it's very charming and just kind of adds to the allure of the game um but as far as the like the stardew elements you're definitely harvesting resources that you use to upgrade your weapons and stuff and they're all they all spawn in the same spot every day but they only spawn once a day so as you open up more of the map you know you start getting into this like much larger loop of moving around you want to get all the you know you want to get all the the sandstone and you want to get all the succulents and you want to get all like it's a lot like minecraft in that regard where you're just trying to get all the different elements so you can upgrade your weapons and there's a day night cycle the way you save just like stardew valley is by sleeping or by getting killed if you get killed then you automatically fall asleep and you move on to the next day and uh one thing i really thought was interesting about this game is that for whatever reason it doesn't want to call anything what it really is. So like this thing that's pretty much a fishing pole is called your dowser. It's like your dowsing rod. Oh, or like did, you have did did you have like uh did did you have flashbacks already to uh Skyward Sword when you saw that? You were like, Oh my god, no, no dowsing. I've already doused enough. I was a little worried. <laughs> Luckily it's not that, it's just a fishing pole. Or the weapon you start with is obviously a sword. It looks like a sword, but they call it a pick, as though it was like you were mining with it. Sure. And like you get an umbrella eventually, but that's more of a spear and you do like charge attacks or you do like, uh, you get like a greater distance with your attacks and stuff. So, uh, I don't know. I'm having fun with it. I've probably, I, I think it might actually save my time in it now. I'll have to check, but I've put at least three or four hours into it by now. I would say I'm yeah. on the, I've, I've, per- I've beaten two bosses. I've opened up the third dungeon I'm not exactly sure how much is left to do in the game. I've heard it's pretty short. It says a. It but says, I've been. It says ten hours. So I mean, you've been. Yeah. Put. I, I was glad that you finally got to play it because you were very excited about it when it came out. Yeah, I've gotten to the point where I'm actually having fun upgrading the character and upgrading the items and uh, and sort of like you know it's got that same thing that I really liked about Stardew Valley and I guess even to an extent Animal Crossing has the same thing where. You turn on the game and you've got a list in your head of what you want to get done. You're like, well, sure. today I'm going to do this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. But on a much smaller scale because the game, it's in it's in game days. So each one of those in game days, then maybe you're trying to do a certain amount of things. But if you want to upgrade your sword and it takes 10 sandstone, but you can only really get three a day. Well, then you are kind of like planning a few days in advance at the same time. So it's all about resource management and... Uh, it's got some weird stuff in it. I really I had to look up one thing online, which I wasn't super happy about. And I only had to do it once. But it was because you needed to bring a certain resource to a character for them to let you move on. And I didn't know I had to actually have it in my inventory. I thought that's another thing about this game. 
does pretty well, but on occasion it won't, is that there are treasure chests and you can craft them wherever you want, but as it stands, they're all over the place, but they are all the same chest. So you can drop your stuff off in one and pick it up somewhere else oh yeah that, to clear up your inventory yeah like mine minecraft probably does that but that was also in uh dragon quest builders yeah. where all, all of the treasure chests they all they're all connected it's like it's yeah. like the it's like the storage minecraft has chests like that but it's like the storage chests and uh, resident them. evil those are all connected too but you can yeah you can craft more of these chests blah 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 but one thing that i just found kind of frustrating and it's like the same thing with minecraft versus dragon you know dragon quest builders it's like I'll go into the architect, which is when you build things like that you end up actually using to modify the world. That will just re, you know, that'll access all of your resources automatically. Yeah. But for these certain like story based elements, if you don't have that in your inventory, they don't acknowledge it. So, oh, that's what was kind of crappy about this guy was like, I went to him and he's like, oh, you don't have enough. But I didn't know what he was talking about because I didn't remember what he (laughs) originally asked me for. And he doesn't like, you can't ask him, well, well, what is it you need? Like, you know, it doesn't give you that option. So I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to bring this guy? What do I not have enough of? Looked it up online. I'm like, oh, it's this thing I have a shit ton of in my chest. I just need to like grab it out and bring it to him. So yeah, that's always annoying that, where it doesn't. That was work. a little annoying, but that's the only time I've really gotten stuck in the game. And that was just earlier today. So, I mean, I don't have a whole lot more to say about Garden Story other than, I mean, it was 20 bucks. I think so far. It took a little bit of time for me to really get into it, but I think it's a pretty cool game for what it is. And um, the loop, I, I'm down with the loop. It's like if you took Stardew Valley and Forager and you kind of like took like the middle point. Like it's not as crazy addictive as either of those games, but it's also not super frantic. Like I find myself feeling very calm when I play it. And except yeah. for the boss battles, those are kind of hard. I mean, that's what you're looking for, though, right? You were trying to find that yeah. calming uh, feeling that you had from Stardew Valley. So I, I get that. Also, I would say, like, the missions it gives you initially are really, really repetitive. So you might, like, start to, like, get dispirited by that. Like, okay, well, I don't want to just keep unlocking this bridge every day by hitting these switches. Or I don't want to just keep grabbing tree sap from these same three trees and putting in the, in a certain treasure chest every day. Like it, you do repeat a lot of the same tasks initially, but as you do more stuff, those tasks become more varied and they also like start to go from village to village where you have to like pick something up in one village and carry it to another or you know what I mean? So your the daily tasks it gives you each day become more more cool after a while. So if you've played a little bit of this game, listener and you're feeling like it's <laughs> It's a Stick one note it. sort of thing. It yeah. it does open it up over time. I will I will tell you that. Stay with it. Yeah, All I'm right. gonna try to stick with it, but uh, we'll see how it goes. But that's pretty much it for me this week. All right, so we're 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 pretty much at episode length here. So I mean, there's not really. <laughs> I was like, there's not really a whole lot of news stuff to talk about. I was like, we could just end it with just saying like a uh, WarioWare. Who's getting it? Because that's what's happening next week. Um, I'm I'm planning on buying it just because I really like WarioWare. Just because they're super weird and quirky and there's been i've watched a couple of the reviews uh nintendo life actually they praised it a lot they said it was like the best warrior game that's ever existed but uh i don't know i'm buying it for sure are either of you guys interested in in it it's coming out this friday i'm not going to get it on launch day but i do hope to get it as soon as feasible i'm gonna i'm probably gonna end up getting it i 
I just know myself. I'll, I'll be like, on principle, I'm not getting it until blah blah this that and the other. But yeah, I'll probably buy it. Well, you know, you know, there are new. It's it's funny that this is in here and this is like kind of a selling point or whatever. But uh, there are new Super Mario World levels in. Uh, did you see that? <laughs> are in uh, uh-uh. WarioWare? It's funny because. There's new Super Mario World levels. There's a million of them in Super Mario Maker 2. But it's just kind of funny that that's like the 9-volt boss level is uh, is basically Super Mario World levels that aren't in the actual Super Mario World game, but they look like Super Mario World levels. But th- I saw that as being a tweet thing where it's like, there's new Super Mario World levels in WarioWare. I was like, well, there's like a million of them in Super Mario Maker 2 also. But yeah. I just thought it was kind of funny that somebody mentioned that as a selling point. But I have to get it because I love those games and I love the characters and you know, as we talked before about music, like the soundtracks have been incredible for WarioWare games and all that. And the this, the the uh, reviews seem to be incredibly positive from what I've seen so far. And it's just one of those, like, it's it's like, you know, it's a fucking Nintendo game. You can't, like, let it exist and then not have it. It's like, oh, but I need to have it. So <laughs> that's how I feel. So yeah. I'm planning on getting that. And, of course, we also have a Cruise and Blast coming out next Tuesday as well. So that'll be what we talk about next week. I'm going to get both of those, so... I'll get Wario. And we also have I, I, uh, Blood Rain Betrayal coming out this this week, which this was kind of a joke just because Jeremy enjoyed the first Blood Rain movie, but, you know. I mean, I might I might get it when it goes on sale, but I'm not in a huge hurry. Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for reviews on that, but I'm not going to get it just because I have these two games right next to each other, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I can't really think of much other news that we really need to get into. So you didn't get we... Sonic Colors, huh? Me? Yeah. No, I did not get Sonic Colors. Did you think I would? I I already have it on Wii. I kind of thought maybe you'd grab it, but now there's like, I'd say some element of controversy surrounding it. Like Nintendo already offered, or Wii. rather Sega already offered a full refund to anyone. Oh, it. we can uh, we can you... talk about that because I guess that that is kind of a weird thing. I don't know if you saw that, but the last thing that I read was that the people that were showing the game-breaking bugs and all that were actually playing off of Switch emulators, and they were actually, like, yep. stolen... They were stolen games. They weren't actually played on Switch. I don't know if you saw that. But I've seen... I've, I've also down, seen but... articles that say it does... It Those same glitches will occur on Switch hardware. You just have to, like, do things a specific way. Like, so what it is, is I, I watched... It. it was a Nintendo Life thing I watched. The way they were able to replicate it on the Switch, you know, the actual Switch hardware... It was like, I guess when you open up a new level or like a new series of stages or whatever, you would naturally like go like explore a little bit or go talk to somebody first. But if you go straight into a level, that's when like there's some sort of like buffer that was supposed to happen where they were going to preload and they, they're not able to. And then it causes this visual glitch that can trigger epileptic uh, fits in certain people. Yeah, I saw that too. I mean, well, yeah, there, there's a lot of flashy stuff going on. I don't know. I haven't really followed it that closely, but that yeah, the last thing I saw was people saying that that some of the bugs were from people who were using emulators and stuff like that. But the I emulator was how it was discovered, but I'm pretty sure it can be replicated. It's just probably not going to naturally happen, but for that one person who responds to that sort of like trigger epileptically or whatever, who is playing the, the you know, it's still important and it needs to be addressed. No, but they, I mean, they are actually, they are like releasing an update though, right? I mean, I did see that. That's, that they're they going to patch it and they are, they they are offered a, it. Yeah. they've offered a refund to anyone who purchased it. I mean, it was a very kind of cyberpunk kind of feeling thing when I saw the, <laughs> the headline. I was like, they're offering a full refund for this game that just, like, literally just came out. Like, 
Holy that's shit. A good, that's a good analogy to compare it to cyberpunk. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I, I mean, I, I already had, I mean, I have Sonic Colors for Wii, but Sonic Colors is considered like one of the better uh, Sonic 3D games. So I was kind of all for it being like, you know, re-released, remastered or whatever. And it's a shame that all this stuff is coming with it. So I don't know, but I haven't really been following it that much because, you know, it's, I, don't I mean, wanna, as far as I, I, don't I know, pay $40 hasn't... for a game I already have, you know. There hasn't actually been an incident. So whether they caught it through nefarious means or whatever, like it's still good that this bug was figured out. And whether or not it negatively impacts Sega financially at the moment, it's going to be far better for them than if there had been an incident. And then there would be a much bigger mess to clean up right now. Mm-hmm. For sure. And we and we want Sega to keep making games. So Of course. Definitely. And I want people to enjoy Sonic Colors because it was a good game. And but also, I mean, it's it's good that they're actually addressing it and all that stuff. So I think it's worth mentioning their uh, the the guy who was and I forgot his name. I, I don't have his name pull up here. I can actually look it up. Uh, the the guy who does the art of Nintendo Power. He's been on a couple of uh, he's been on a couple of uh, Retronauts episodes. Yeah. But he was part of a, a Kickstarter project to do these hand drawn video game guides and it looks really really cool like these were like people like drawing you know this is like a fan project like to the max like these people are literally drawing like hand-drawn maps of these old games and stuff and like going really out of their way to like make it really look really nice with all this really great art and stuff and nintendo stepped in and said nope that's supposedly what happened yeah and it was less of a cease and desist and more of just Nintendo being like, you might not want to do that. And they're like, okay, we're not going to cancel. But it had raised over $300,000. So, yeah, they canceled it and refunded everybody's money. But, yeah, this is another instance of Nintendo being kind of like uh-huh. stomping on the little guy. <laughs> you know, I, I've said this before. My my feelings about Nintendo are so complicated. As a, yeah. As I mean, a content, as, as most of ours a, are, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, as as a content and experience and culture creator, they are my favorite company in video gaming, bar none. Not even no even close second. But in terms of their their business entity, you know the the business practice, the litigiousness, I hate them. Full stop. Oh yeah, they're tyrants in that regard. Yeah, I mean they've been tyrants for years. Like even at the beginning, mm-hmm. where they were forcing everybody to use like their cartridges where they would still get a percentage of all the sales of it and stuff like that. Like they've been, they've been controlling for years, you know, that was, that's part of, that's part of the Nintendo world, like how they had to, you know, how had companies had to create other companies because they'd only could make so many games at a time for NES and stuff like that, you know, like ultra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stuff like mm-hmm. that where, because, because of like the, because of their own like rules on that and, you know, they've been regulating things for a long time. So, it's just so weird to me. How can I hate someone so much that I love so much? It's just, you know, and how yeah. can I love someone so much that I hate so much? I just, they, it, I feel like they're a very shrewd really, company I, as far as their business acumen. So it's like, you just get reminded that, you know, even Apple, like while Steve Jobs was still alive, like at that point, they were just like being like super litigious about their pets. Like that was part of what was keeping them at, on top. And Nintendo's just kind of like following and see with that. They're just protecting their IPs like, like, you know, like as though they have like a pit bull doing it for them or whatever. And it's just weird to see like this 
lackadaisical fun Nintendo content and the shit we love. And then we're like, oh, but wait, this company's actually like squeezing the dime out of everyone they can and like stepping on all the little dudes. Well, it's also like become a pirate. I think I heard this. I think it was on like an eight four plate podcast or something. But they were talking about like as like a, as like a legal issue though. Like if if there is something that is like copyright, you know, it is you should like shut it down because then it can't come back to haunt you later. Where it's like, why didn't you shut this down if you're trying to like sue somebody over another thing? It's just that's mm-hmm. just how it works. Where it's like, well, you just have to say cease and desist for certain things because there may be an even uh, larger yeah ip stealing or whatever in the future where if you need to like if you want to sue that guy like you know like how they took that guy to court about like the the like roms that he was giving out Mm -hmm. for free in that instance if he hadn't shut it down all the other ones they could say like well why didn't you care about this one like why did you go after this you know like that's so that's what i mean there was the metroid 2 remake that they shut down very shortly before releasing their own metroid 2 well yeah before even announcing samus returns the mercury steam one so you know whatever but, this uh, all kind of falls into that same, yeah, that same umbrella. Where still, it's hard to not feel like we're part. Of, we're in an abusive relationship sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I my Nintendo Nintendo brings me brings me joy, not not a not sadness. So, but I'm not trying. I'm not trying to like make a thing that that got shut down or anything like that. So, well, not in yet. this case, I mean, we do have Nintendo in our uh, podcast name, so they might come after us, but. I was hoping that I always hoped that we'd be popular enough for the for them to shut us down because then we could be uh then we could be like yes we did it we made it we made it there you know so in, th- in this case and whether or not you know so I'm seeing Philip Summers which I'm not sure I don't think it's the same person but it's one of the people involved in the project the person that makes the main call basically was just like Nintendo didn't shake us down Nintendo didn't blah 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 they were like I just I canceled it because they said something to me and I was like, better just to cancel it now and not have to. And he even went into like the whole, like, well, you know, if you've already paid for it and I can't ship it, well, now I've got to pay Kickstarter and you because it's already like gone through. So it's like, this might just end up being like a huge financial burden on me in the future. If I don't just nip it in the bud now. Yeah especially using the Kickstarter platform. Like you got to cancel it. You got to refund everyone their money and just walk away. And that's, he had no other choice, but he was like, but please don't go after Nintendo. Please don't blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if that was him just like, you know, if that was him just protecting himself legally, or if that was him legitimately being like, I love Nintendo. Please don't go after them now. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. But uh, speaking of walking away from things, I think uh, we're going to walk away from this episode right now because we are, uh, you know, we have, I have a lot to edit tomorrow on this. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to us. And thank you so much, John Wedgworth, for coming on here and talking to us. Can you tell everybody about uh, where they can find your stuff and what you have coming up and all that for uh, Nerd Noise Radio, which we barely, oh, sure. even, barely even talked about. I feel so bad that we didn't say it at the beginning. I mentioned it through, uh, through uh, you know, a... Uh, the, the golf game reminding me of but let everybody know what you do yeah so nerd noise radio uh there's there's actually two nerd noise radio shows there's uh, channel one which is a mixtape style or as i prefer to call it uh, because it's more after the intent a radio music program style video game music podcast so it's minimal talking maximal music designed to take you on this journey through sound and um i've been doing that show since january of 2017 um my next episode I can't say what it's about and I won't say who, but it's going to be 
done by a guest or it's well i'm gonna leave it at that i'm gonna leave it at that that's close enough to the truth um channel two is something that i've always wanted to do but we didn't get it off the ground until 2020 and it's more of your conversational vgm shareathon. it's me and a co-host uh hugh johnson of retro game club and if you've been in the scene for a long time an alumnus of the retro league uh and we it's much less music. It's uh, 14 tracks, two mics, VGM and talk. And the next episode coming up, I guess I feel comfortable telling you what the subject will be. It's a, it's going to be a focus on music from games that were only available in Japan. And um, I decided let's, let's title it in Japanese, Nihon Dakede, which should be, is my fledgling knowledge of Japanese should be only in Japan or close enough to that, you know, just Japan or something to the, to the appropriate effect. And uh, Hugh and I are going to meet and record this coming Saturday. So I don't know when it'll release, but within the next week or two, I do take, when we do channel two episodes, I take the music only and I put it on archive.org as a bonus. I usually do that early and the music only bonus version of Nihon Dakede is out on archive. Now I released it like two days ago. So if you want to, you're going to have to wait to hear what we have to say about it. But if you want to hear the music and build up some anticipation for what we're going to say, you can go hear that now. Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that'd be, that'd be an interesting one to do because, you know, like nowadays, like so many, so many uh, Japanese only games are getting released in America a lot more than they were. So it's, so that like category of what was, wasn't released here is getting smaller and smaller, you know, because there's so many stuff that's getting brought over that was never brought over before, which is great, but it's also, that makes it, making it narrower, I guess, for, for what it was it a lot there. harder. It was a lot harder to pick tracks because, you know, I, uh, I would have picked Snatcher, the MSX SCC version of Snatcher, but guess what? It's available on Sega CD. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, uh, yeah. for my tracks, I made sure to keep it only to games that never came out in America. Uh, and to the best of my knowledge, Hugh did the same with his tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it would be like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even know where to start with that, but I, but yeah, I definitely want to check out that. And yeah, uh, uh, for everybody who's listening, you know, near noise radio, uh, look it up on, uh, on any of your podcast machines. You can find them on there. Oh, I was supposed to, I was supposed to say that, wasn't I? <laughs> so it's hosted on Podbean. You can find it on Podbean. Uh, it's on Spotify. It's on TuneIn. It's on Pandora. It's on iHeartRadio. Uh, it's on iTunes. And because it's on iTunes, you can find it on any podcatcher of your choice. My podcatcher is, uh, I, I'm an Android user. My podcatcher of choice is Podcast Addict. It's available there. So for sure. And we might, uh, we might have a, a joint thing coming up on there eventually for nerd noise radio so can't can't confirm or deny anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah so stay tuned on that but uh yeah thanks everybody for listening uh if you want to find more of our stuff uh nintendomainpodcast.com uh if you want to hear our voices more on behind a paywall and support the show patreon.com slash nintendomainpodcast you can hear our bonus shows uh our uh our whole like a dollar a month a dollar a month yes very cheap our our uh debate where we talk about what is the most important year in gaming it's going to be up soon, so listen to that, and then you can vote also on Patreon if you've donated money to us and all that stuff. Also, you can find us at twitch.tv slash podcast. Whenever I'll stream again, I'll be on there. Also, youtube.com slash podcast. All that stuff, just uh, Google it. You'll find it. All that stuff. Thanks for listening. We've been your host. I'm Trey Johnson. Jerry Mikowski. And special guest. 
St. John. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week. See you later. See ya! Take care.